right, it's warming up. It's warming up. Okay, I think we're feeding through to the folks out there. I think it's actually happening. And uh, yes, I'm in the van. This is what you see behind me. This is the van right there, that one. Um, this is the new broadcasting studio. And tonight is the first night that we run a test really just a test. That's probably why you guys see the camera shaking a little bit, but this is a test that we're running from here uh, using the Wi-Fi. I'm just downstairs from the studio, so that's what's going on for everyone tuning in. Let us know if our audio and all that kind of stuff is good. You might hear the air conditioning kick on in here. This is a smaller space, so I've, I, um, I'm, I might need that so I don't suffocate. Um, let me go to the things that I usually say here. Make sure you guys go to hankstrange.com, okay? This is the way to support what we're doing here and the way for you to find out what we're getting up to as well. Lola posts deals up there. We also have a um, merchandise tab that you guys can find. Check it out. We've got patches on there. We've got the broadcasting patch, the blaster patch. We even have 2020 was Helena handbasket patch that you can find there. If you get those patches, Lola's throwing in stickers. This is the grenade sticker. Or you could just buy this grenade sticker on there. Um, lots of cool things on HankStrange.com. So make sure you guys check that out. I am going to load my guests up into the windows here. Let's see. Boom. There we go. Everyone is here. And I'm going to hit the open and go for it. Let's see. Hopefully we got the open. Let's Welcome back to the Hanks. Boom. All right. Here we go, guys. Make Life sure you subscribe to the channel. Smash the thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we are live. Austin of Atlas Arms. This is your first time on the show. We do this thing here called Jazz Hands. Everyone has to do it. We're taking it back from the terrorists. There you go. Jazz hands, everyone. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on tonight. Uh, the special van edition uh, panties would be would be the nice ones to have on tonight. Uh, this is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. This, I believe, is, uh, let's see, what episode? 719. And uh, we're calling this, Is This Legal? Because I had to be, you know, a little salacious. <laughs> we have Austin of Atlas Arms, and he's the inventor of the Dagny Dagger Project, and he's here joining us. Austin, how are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You're welcome, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, I actually saw you when you did John Crump's show, so big shout out yeah. to John Crump. Uh, awesome show that you guys did and I would refer folks over to that as well because I'm sure you'll get some more out of that versus what we do here you know although I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna be more fantastic Good John. <laughs> hey just throw okay. it all together yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's all good it's all good um, also joining us is my friend Rolando Puerto Rican Pistolero what's up man how's it going everybody uh, I've just been hanging out Getting Good. ready for uh, Joe to head out to Orlando tomorrow. So I've uh -oh. been helping her pack. Uh-oh, what's going on in Orlando? She's doing the uh, Ambassador Academy with uh, Diana Muller. And uh, it's it's run by Diana Muller and pretty much oh, sweet. like a five-day uh, training course for pretty cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. shooters and content creators and all that stuff. So oh. Diana Muller is going to be there. Lena Michalek. Uh, Maj is going to be there. So she's going to have a good time. So we're going to drive awesome. up there tomorrow. Awesome. Great. That's great. All, all the ladies are there. And then what's Maj doing there? 
What's that? They, they always bring Ma, Maj is always involved with everything. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I know he is, right? <laughs> All right, and then we also have my friend. Where is he? There he goes, Trey from Aries Training Facility, joining us. Go. What's up, Trey? How you doing? Hey, pretty good. How you doing today? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Lola says she's digging the uh, she's digging the hot Rolando. Mm-hmm. Glad. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It's, see, I'm not the only one then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just in case anyone wants to know, it says make taxation theft again. There you go. Make taxation theft again. Very nice. Very nice. Wait, hold on. Why do I have Rolando in there twice? Okay, boom. So, all right. And a big shout out to Franklin Armory. Thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate that from them. Shout outs to everyone joining. As you guys are joining, smash the thumbs up. Share this if you can. We appreciate it. Um, let's see. Richard Monder says everyone should go to Hank's van to fill the black tank. Then Hank can drive to Wayne's home to dump it. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> he won't be able to find me. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So listen, um, we've got two hours here to do this. It's going to be fun. I want to remind you guys that we're, there's actually no show tomorrow. Lola and I are taking tomorrow off because obviously we're moving out of the studio. We have a bunch of things to do. So, uh, you know, there will be no show tomorrow, but we'll be back Monday. So that's just a reminder to you guys out there. And uh, you know what? Let's do this. Let's jump in here. Let's find out exactly who um, Austin is, his company, how he came to do all of this. And I guess that's the the place to start, right, Austin? Tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you came to this Uh, point. Yeah. Well, I'm Austin Thomas Jones. I like to use all three names because if you look up Austin Jones, you'll find a YouTube star that's a pedophile. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I ain't that guy. <laughs> what I am is the, uh, the uh, chief engineer of Atlas Arms. Um, I guess you could call me the, the head of, of Atlas Arms. And um, uh, I, then the question is, what is Atlas Arms? Well, uh, right now, we are above all a 501c3 research company um, that researches, develops, uh, and then commercializes new technology in the gun space. Um, I think that's actually quite rare these days uh, that um, a, a private company, you know, somebody that's not just an, like an extension of the federal government is uh, kind of creating new firearms tech and especially not a 501c3, but that's primarily what we are. Uh, and our biggest uh, our biggest project right now, and uh, and our biggest project, you know, in the last couple of years has been the Dagny Dagger project. Uh, that is named after Dagny Taggart uh, from the book Atlas Shrugged, which is also where we get our, our company name. Uh, we we're big into thinking like that. Um, and it and this project is to is to what it's to um, design and develop. Uh, ammunition which in a handgun can easily penetrate body armor but is not armor piercing ammunition under the uh the federal definition so uh uh you know in 1986 uh federal government banned the uh import and the manufacture of armor piercing ammunition uh for handguns uh, or or even ammunition that could be used in handguns like an ar pistol so you know 223 falls under that also um, and, uh, and we're basically just bypassing that, that the definition there, uh, we're making our ammunition, 
um, you know, better than kind of like the, the steel core stuff, uh, you know, pre-band. So um, that's that's really the, the big project we're, we're doing. We've we've been doing we're making some really good progress in that. Um, and uh, several months ago, we, we released a, a demo video showing what it can do. Ballistics gel, which is which is great, too. We can get into that and uh, showing um, some of its performance against armor. Um, and uh, we're, we're still trucking with it. And we've got some other projects, too, that we can talk about. So, you know, that that's that's basically it. What uh, uh, what else you want to hear? Uh, OK, a couple of things. But let me just get this in here. So I know I see some guys saying that we're buffering a little bit. So that's, you know, some of that's going to be some t some uh, technical difficulties that we have. So um, I see my phone was uh, was on the Internet. So I took that off. Hopefully that makes it better. And Lola was on, so hopefully that also makes it better. Um, there may be a little bit of a delay to, to you guys out there, so if you miss something, let us know. Basically, uh, what what I'm getting, Austin, is that you're developing a new type of ammo that uh, can that can um, I don't I don't know what's the best way to put this. It it's it can get around. <laughs> some of the laws that are here and also get around body armor uh, did i yeah yeah that, i mean ma right. maybe explain that to the folks again for the folks who missed out on that yeah so uh armor piercing ammunition is illegal uh under federal law and uh, they have a very specific definition for what is armor piercing ammunition okay so mm -hmm. our ammunition is not armor piercing uh ammunition by the definition but it is functionally armor penetrating mm -hmm. so it'll go through armor um at this point it'll go through basically any soft armor that's out there in uh, in nine millimeter but it is legal unlike any other ammunition that is has been designed up to this point to to penetrate armor so okay um and how i guess like my question to that and i don't know if the other guys have questions uh, how is that possible, and what can you tell us about how that's possible? I'm sure that's the first question. You guys can jump in here if you if you want to. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I hate to tell everybody, I'm uh, in my preparations. Uh, I forgot to bring our yeah our little I'll, aesthetic I'll, prototype, but I do have some nice little diagrams. So if you take a look at here, there's like a mm -hmm. cross section view, um, and uh, it's got a penetrator inside. A jacket so mm -hmm. um, I mean that that's that's nothing special I suppose but our bullet is very lightweight so it is extremely fast uh, we're using a, a, a plus P loading and we've really optimized the bullet shape to get as much velocity uh, per uh, pressure as possible um, in, in just you know like the geometry of the bullet as well and we're using uh, this exotic alloy and uh, I can't talk, I can't say specifically what that exotic alloy is, but um, it is harder and stronger than AR-500 steel, which is, of course, the steel that, that uh, armor is made of. Um, but it isn't steel. It's not steel. Uh, so it's, and it's not tungsten alloys. It's not brass, bronze, beryllium, copper, depleted, uran de depleted uranium, or iron or, you know, which comprises the list of like, uh, you know, materials that you can't use in a bullet or it's classified as, as armor piercing and, and therefore illegal. So it's none of that, but it, but it's exotic and it's really hard. It's really strong and uh, the bullet moves really fast. So it's, it's very, very good at, at penetrating armor. Just, 
you know, uh, go figure Congress and those yahoos that claim to, to rule over us uh, don't really have a good handle, can't foresee, um, you know, new technologies coming along. And, and, uh, and th- that's what this is. It's uh, overcoming legislation with, you know, new and better technology. Okay. Go ahead, Trey. Is it, I was just saying it's unobtainium or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that uh, vibranium or something. I, I, I wish that it was. I wish it was that cool. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean uh, it exists. It's an existing alloy. It's just it's rare. It's uncommon for people to see it used. And and uh, yeah, I mean that that's really what it is. It's 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 an alloy, and uh, it's used a lot in high temperature and high strength, you know, really extreme environments. So like jet engines, uh, medical implants, things like that. Yeah. So first of all, let me just say, I know I see some folks saying that it's buffering again. So I, you know, I don't think for us, we're really seeing that, but we may be having some issues getting the feed to go out to you guys. Cause I'm not seeing buffering on my end. Um, not buffering again. I, I can see it on my tablet every once in a while. Buffers, but we're good. We're fine. Yeah. So just you know, bear with us. I apologize for all those issues, guys. Obviously, you know, we're we're like exploring new territories here. So uh, really try to to hang in there with me. Um, so just from looking just from looking at this, uh, so you're saying that this alloy already exists, right? And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna throw a picture up from. Let me see. What is this website? Um, this is gun dynamics, uh, and this is what the round looks like here. Um, it looks like is it like a uh, a Sabo round. It looks kind of like how a Sabo is on a tank with like a tank round. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people say that, and uh, you know, this I it is obvious why people say this is a Sabo. Um, I'll say that it's not. It's mm-hmm. a jacket, okay. um, and you know, kind of the difference gets a little blurry there. Um, but the reason why I say it is because. We call this this type of bullet, we call it armor-penetrating hollow point, APHP. Not only does it penetrate like, you know, AP ammo that the police and military use does, um, but you can see there that it's got, you know, it's got the penetrator point, which you can see, and then that jacket acts as a, as a hollow point, an extreme hollow point in itself. So it's not a Sabo because it actually has, you know, the that jacket is critical to the terminal performance. So they move together pretty much uh, until they do. until impact. Okay. They stay so. fully bonded until uh, impacts a target and then uh, and this is why like this is why I'm so excited about the APHP rolls because it's a multi-roll bullet. If this hits armor or something hard, some kind of hard barrier, the jacket just shears off and that penetrator goes straight through. Okay. If it hits something soft like ballistics gel or flesh, you know, whatever, um, then of course the penetrator goes, goes through completely and that jacket expands to about one inch in diameter as it shoves its way, its way through. So, um, we've got some, some videos out there of, uh, demonstrating the, the effect on, on ballistics gel and we compare it to a federal HST, you know, the, the hydroshock and it's just, I mean, it's, it's easily like three times as devastating as, as a hydroshock bullet. Now, okay. Uh, so, so the jacket is a different material, obviously, than the penetrator. Yeah, that's right. It, it, okay. it is a polymer. It's a polymer. Oh, it's a polymer. Okay, I was going to yeah, ask if it was just a different wood. metal or. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm playing some video of this, by the way. So this video is from 2018. I'm guessing that it looks a lot different now um, than it did yeah, in 2018. So this, yeah. So this is just our. You know, we didn't even. 
we, we didn't have anything at that, that point. This was just us saying, uh, you know, this is a project we want to do. We have a really good idea, a concept to do it, help us do it. And this was essentially our crowdfunding video. Okay. So, you know, like, and that's, you man, it, it's, I know it's a lot to unpack, but, uh, mm -hmm. that's, and that's the purpose of this project. First and foremost, yes, we're going to open up a commercial operation, um, but the whole intention of this has always been, you know, we don't want to put IP claims on it. We don't want to monopolize it. First and foremost, we want to develop it and we want to give it back to the public. So that's why we've, we've, uh, crowdfunded everything. So not just, you know, we're not just doing like pre-orders or whatever to fund the commercial, uh, sales or whatever, but, um, the, the technology itself has been crowdfunded. Hmm. Um, so, you know, everything, it's taken us like $60,000 to develop this technology and, uh, and the bulk of, or like, yeah, I should say most of it has been crowdfunded. Okay. Did you have, uh, who, who had a question there? Was it Trey or comment? Did you strip the copper away from, and then you put a, like a bake on, like a polymer baked on coating? To, was that a, I'm trying to figure out what you did with the, the round. So it's baked on polymer then? No, mm, no. Yeah, well, okay, so it starts out as two pieces. Uh, we machine uh, both pieces, the jacket and the core, and then we bond them together into one piece. Hmm. So it is a solid, it is a solid bullet, a solid projectile, and it only breaks apart uh on terminal impact. On impact, okay. Um, there's lots of guesses out there. Um, uh, Brian Quick says probably some kind of, some sort of uh, Inconel nickel super alloy. Um, <laughs> Razor yeah, J. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. There's, I mean, I know. There's the, the guessing <laughs> game's all over the place with what it is. I That's mean, the uh, fun of it. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I guess at this point I could tell you, yeah, it's like a, it's a super alloy. It's, it, you know, it's. I'm not going to say what it is, and, uh, you know, we have to be dealing with the ATF. It can't just be a little bit legal, mm -hmm. because a little bit legal is a lot of bit illegal to the ATF, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, mm -hmm. we've – you ain't never heard of it. I mean, even people that know um, rare metals, very few of them would have okay. would have heard of it. So I, I can't say what it is, but I, I will tell you, if uh, for those guys interested in metallurgy um, – it's uh, it's three thousand ksi in uh, in ultimate tensile strength, whereas AR five hundred uh, is about two hundred and fifty. So there okay, go. all right. Uh, Razor JB says cobalt alloys. That's his guess. Uh, Jade Grew wants to know if this ammo is available to buy right now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, <laughs> right? No, it's it's not. It's still it's still yeah. in development. Yeah, uh, LV Louis Cipher says I want to test this ammo against the uh, 7.5 FK Bruno. Um, so, and there's there's uh, some other stuff going on here. So let me ask you this: This is the question that pops up to me. What? Uh, so, what kind of training? What kind of education um, or background do you have in order to be able to develop something like this? Uh, well, I guess my formal education is in aerospace engineering. Uh, that's what I went to school for. I have this fancy piece of paper that says I know how to do it. I don't value that much, to be honest. I think school is worthless. But um, I am a practicing engineer. Right out of college, uh, I started my first company, which is 2020 Armor. Um, we made uh, smart body armor for um, combat sports. 
So like uh, Taekwondo specifically, um, they've got to wear armor so that they don't kill themselves when they're when they're sparring. And uh, the way that they score Taekwondo, the Olympics sucked. So we thought that, um, you know, we could do it better. So we took this, uh, this new sensing technology, which has only existed since uh, 2012. And we started developing this in 2014. Um, and to date, we're the only company uh, that has commercialized this type of sensing technology. We put it in those uh, protectors and uh, not only can it tell when you're hit, but it can tell how hard you're hit. And uh, it scores combat sports like a real life video game. So like the top of the vest has um, has like life bars and a clock on it. So uh, as you, you know, as you, as you kick your opponent, their life bar goes down in proportion to how hard you kick them, right? So awesome. um, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I started that um, with a, a buddy of mine right out of, out of college. So, that gave me a lot of experience in, I guess you would say like practical engineering, as well as a lot of insight into uh, how to run a business, not just a business, but a hardware startup, which is of course, you know, notoriously difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like at the, the intersection of, you know, body armor and uh, running a hardware startup and engineering, um, that gave me a lot of background. Uh, and then I also, for a short time, I worked for um, a private space company developing, um, like soft body armor for spacecraft. Okay. Uh, and that's, you know, cause like, so you're, uh, you are a rocket scientist <laughs> technically. Uh, yes, uh, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We could say um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have all, you know, I've always loved firearms as an engineer. I love firearms technology. Um, but it's just seemed like with my background, uh, that armor or defeating armor was, uh, an appropriate place to start. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's where this comes from. I have a pretty good intuition of engineering in general, of, uh, running a business in, um, you know, but, you know, various types of armor. So there you go. Yeah. Let's take a look at, I'm going to roll in the footage here. Hopefully this works, um, for all the folks out there. Let's see. I'm going to roll in some footage. This is from September 30th, 2020. Um, And I guess this is the video that you released. I can see the round in your hand here that you're showing it right now. Um, Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a bunch of like video game. Yeah, there's some video game stuff. Yeah. Let me see. I'll skip through this a little bit. Okay, it shows how we've got some kind of look of you kind of recessing. What does that do to recess that point in there like that? Does it help it to penetrate further before the point pops out i can see you're like you're you're using a reloading press to do some stuff oh yeah yeah yeah. so i mean this video it's i mean it's showing like the construction like assembling the bullet from the the two parts of it uh shows you know like seating in the press the whole point of this is really because remember number one we're going to make this open source so you know yeah this looks like it's punching right through body armor here it is. There, yeah. there you go. Okay. But but this, you know, what I'm saying is like this isn't just we're gonna sell this commercially. Mm-hmm. We're making this open source and we're helping people do make this thing at home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not. It's even beyond getting around the legislation or whatever. You're gonna be able to make it at home illegally if you want. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a big part of it uh, of our our motivation. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to see this. Let me see. I can actually share this video uh, clip with the folks out there who are um, interested in this. 
Um, what kind of feed? Ooh. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what, what did no, you say? Bio, Bioshock, excellent choice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have a kind of an Art Deco aesthetic uh, going in our in our in our company, and as well, you know, Bioshock uses makes like big yep. use of uh, armor piercing ammunition. So we wanted to show a parallel there. Maybe it's a little bit cheesy, but but I thought it was cool to to have like the video games come into life, and now like you can have APMO also. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, our man in Axis says, "How much is this ammo per round? Do you have any estimates for that?" Yeah, so like everything, the answer is long, right? So um, uh, initially, initially, because of that exotic alloy, um, we're gonna have to charge like two twenty-five to two seventy-five per projectile, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's more than that's more than we want to sell it for. But the fact of the matter is, like, look, steel's illegal. We'd use that if we could, but this exotic stuff, it, it just is what it is. Don't miss. However, yeah, we're working on on a, a few ways to we're working on a few ways to make it cheaper. So one, uh, even in commercial production, this may be using, and we're talking to um, like very very high end three uh, D printer companies, and this might actually be the first um, the the jacket might be three D printed even for the commercial version. Like that might actually be more cost effective and uh and you know keep it the same performance so you know we're trying we're looking at everything to to bring that cost down and if we can do that that'll knock a good you know like 30 40 cents off that cost um and as well we will be uh releasing a an economy version that uh uh i guess you could say it trades off a little bit of the uh extreme penetration just not quite as penetrative uh but it saves a lot of cost and that that will be Especially in the you know the uh, the era of COVID and Biden and and all that's going on right now, that will be comparable in cost to uh, you know Spear Gold Dot or Federal Hydroshock and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there's some questions here. Someone was asking um, if you meant to say uh, Alan Powell says he's very interested, but he also says, did he mean to say you can make it at home illegally? Um, I mean, you can if you want. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, like, look, I'm not telling you to do that. Yeah. But I do. No I, one I, here is advising know, you to someone... break the law. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We uh, would never do that. <laughs> you should uh, deeply consider that, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't do anything illegal. I obviously mm-hmm. can't in my position. I'd be the mm-hmm. first person to, you know, go mm-hmm. down for that. But, um, no, it, it, it matters to us to expand – you know, your like the, the the sphere of like possible human action. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the state doesn't want you to do it. They'll hurt you uh, for what you choose to own, mm-hmm. uh, whether it harms anybody else or not. And uh, we're just kind of fundamentally opposed to that uh, in our organization. And uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll tell you how to make the a couple versions of it, the versions that we will be selling commercially. You'll, you can make something at home exactly the way we make it to sell you. Um, but then also, you know, like if you want to put, if you want to make it with tungsten, then it'll be much better, uh, much better performer, but Hey, that's on you. We just, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not telling anybody to do it illegally, but I believe very much in expanding, you know, what is actually possible. If you want to take the law into your hands, I think that, you know, it's, it's right for you to be empowered to do that if you want. Okay. Understood. Either one of you guys have questions, Rolando, Trey, comments? 
Oh, so I guess when it's done, you're going to open source the plans, I guess, and the specifications once you're finally totally done. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Cool. So we intend, uh, I mean, I think you guys know what a ghost gunner is, right? Like the open mm -hmm. source mill that's usually used to finish 80%. Mm -hmm. um, as kind of like a sub project of the Dangy Dagger, we are developing uh, uh, an add-on for the ghost gunner that will allow you to make solid, you know, copper brass bullets, you know, at home using the ghost gunner so you can make bullets now instead of just, you know, just 80%. Um, mm. And uh, the reason why we're doing this is so that you'll be able to use your ghost gunner to make the Dagny dagger. And it'll just as easily as you can finish 80% with it, you'll be able to just turn them out, you know, spend the day at, at it, and you might turn out 100 or 200 Dagny dagger bullets using your ghost gunner. Uh, and then of course, we're also making the, uh, the, the jackets, we're, we're really close to being able to make those jackets printable using a high-end uh, 3D printer. So, you know, it's not even just like, okay, here are the schematics, here are the blueprints to it, you know, good luck on, you know, you gotta go buy a lathe and become a machinist. We're trying to make it as easy as possible so that you can just print a, you know, click a button and uh, and make yourself some Dagny daggers. Awesome, okay, Trey, what was your what was your uh, question or comment? No, no, it's just interesting. I'm just kind of taking it all in. It's a lot of information. Yeah, also. yeah. I, I think, know it is. I, I think everyone's is. absorbing it right now. Um, let's see. Motorboater wants to know, how's the accuracy? Uh, it's, uh, the accuracy is good. The precision is not the best. So hmm. um, accuracy would be like, it's going to go on, on your point of aim, right? So like... Uh, if you shoot some, you know, if you shoot some typical FMJs out of your out of your Glock 17 with this, and then you shoot the Dagny Dagger, point of aim doesn't change at all, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, everything's a trade-off, and we call this the Dagny Dagger for a reason. It's intended for Close you know up. pistol ranges, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So you know, you don't if you if you plan on taking. Uh, 50 yard shots with your pistol regularly, uh, may, maybe the Dagny is not dead. Excuse me, Dagny dagger is not for you. Um, and and that, there's just a trade off that goes with that. You know, you can't you can't drive uh, the, this extreme performance the way we do with with penetration, with velocity, and all of that uh, without a little bit of trade off. So you know, it's not quite as precise. Your your grouping will open up just just a little bit. Um, and that's just a, a, a trade-off we had to make. Okay. But, you know, your, your, your point of aim is just fine. You'll be able to so, go from your training ammunition to this stuff. Is this a plus P round, or is it just a regular round? Uh, it'll be plus P plus. Okay, um, plus. And, have and you that shot machine guns? Uh, say that again? You shot them through smaller caliber pistols, besides just like the Glock, but like a carry pistol. Have you shot yeah. them full auto? Do they, do they cycle through the full auto machine guns and stuff like that? A lot of we have not uh, okay. through. I mean, we'll, we'll make sure they do, but you know, it's still in development. Uh, but yeah, we've shot it through every every pistol we can find. Um, frankly, it's more it's more reliable feeding uh, than even some um, uh, some designs of like ranged ammunition. Like it'll it'll feed better than like flat nose stuff. Um, we've never had a single in all of our testing with many models of, uh, of pistols, we've not had a single misfeed. Um, and some of that is like, uh, we've, 
you know, we were able to start from from square one and design the entire shape of the bullet. So uh, the shape of the bullet itself is is specifically designed to feed reliably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't uh, know what else to say. We haven't we haven't seen a failure yet. Yeah. So I've got some other uh, questions here. Razor JB would like to know how old you are. I think hmm. uh, I am. I am twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. All right, very good answer there. And LV Louis Cipher says Austin is somewhat of a scary Bill Gates doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, when Bill I was Gates. Little, I used to yeah. think highly of Bill Gates, but now he's just terrifying. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say he's the scary one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a scary dude, man. He's trying to take people out in mass. Uh, Night Train says, "What level body armor are they? Te- are you guys testing with?" Um. So the the highest level of body armor that we've penetrated so far is um, uh, what is it? It's Safe Life's 3A plus, which is rated, of course, to stop you know other really high velocity nine millimeter rounds, and is also rated to stop uh, like most like you know typical uh, five seven, um, you know five five seven by by twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it penetrated cleanly through, uh, and I, I should say like that is without using our, our special alloy, right? So, you know, that was months ago, right after we released that first, uh, demonstration video penetrating 3A. Um, and, uh, so we're not using our special alloy yet. We're not at, at full pressure yet. You know, we're like the bullets not shaped quite right yet. Um, so it's, it's completely unoptimized. Um, but unfortunately, like the, the fact of the matter is like, you know, the biggest question people always have is like, when's it, when's it going to be ready? When's it coming out? Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes an awful lot of money. It takes an awful lot of time to do demonstrations. So, you know, we keep our, we keep our, our donors to the project up to date in special, special updates. Uh, but besides that, um, we don't plan on kind of, uh, you know, exploring more of the, the armor that we can penetrate until later. Okay. So, you know, at this point, uh, there really isn't any soft armor that is significantly better than than that 3A+. So I think it's safe to safe to say, like, the Dany Dagger does penetrate all soft body armor. Okay, so let's, uh, I don't know if you got, yeah. like, maybe we should go back here because I could see some people in the chat are wrapped around the issue of, of legal illegal going on here. So right now, this the Dagny dagger as you're going to produce it is that legal or illegal? It is federally legal. There are, as always, there are some awful states where mm-hmm. it will be illegal mm-hmm. because of how they define armor piercing ammunition. However, federally, it is completely 100% legal. Okay, so when you said that someone could do something at home illegally if they choose to, what were you saying? Were you saying that they can specifically use stuff that the government has said that they can't use and they can do whatever they yeah. want to do? Right. You weren't right, ta- right. you weren't talking about your design, right? No. Okay, that's, yeah. that's absolutely correct. Okay. I'm just saying like the you know, like people think because the gun industry is all about consumerism, right? It's all mm-hmm. about like, oh, you know, the new AR that everybody like, ooh, it's all flashy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not how we operate. And I guess like to understand Atlas Arms, it comes from a place of, you know, we're not just trying to make something to sell you. We're not trying to make some, we're not trying to get rich. 
we want to make enough money to make the technology that we want to make possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, first and foremost, we want to empower the individual. That's all that it's about. So we're going to give this technology to you, and you can do whatever you want with mm-hmm. it, right? We're right, going to yeah. tell you how to do it legally. We're going to tell you how to do it illegally if you want, right? Uh, and I'm just saying, this isn't about the, the product we're going to sell you. This is about us giving the public um, the means to do whatever they want with this right. technology. Yeah, I just want to make sure that we're clarifying that for the folks out there that are listening that, you know, first of all, we're not trying to, I, I, I would recommend you guys follow the law, you know, or use your own judgment. <laughs> we, we should all be grown ups uh, that are looking at this here. I think kind of what Austin is saying is, so for example, we have 3D printers, right? And you could 3D print something that would make your, uh, your AR into a machine gun, but that would be illegal, you know? But it's not illegal for you to have a 3D printer, you know? It's not illegal yeah. for you to 3D print your own firearm. What it would, what it would be uh, illegal to do is to make that machine gun. But you know, this is a, this is a, these are decisions that you have to make as a grown-up. I think specifically your design here. If people make it to your spec, that would be legal, right? Yes, that's that's correct. That's okay, correct. so how now we also mm-hmm. want to tell you how to do more than that. Right. You know what I'm Understood. Understood. So yes. how would they do that? And 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 Trey, I know I know you're interested in this. How would they make that? Like on their own, they would have to somehow get this uh, this new metal from you, right? Uh, not necessarily. So okay. if you want to use the metal that we're using, mm-hmm. um, you can. I mean, you can buy it from industrial suppliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's probably a headache. So we plan on on. Uh, you know, kind of retailing the material ourselves just to make mm-hmm. it easier for people who do want to make it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can make the, like our economy version uses more available materials. You could go pick up on McMaster car if you want mm-hmm. uh, and, and other such websites. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, right. It's like, it's just the material. So we're giving you a means to make the thing. It, mm-hmm. The material you use is up to you. Okay. So we, we want to provide you with the material that we use. We want to make it easy for you to have it. Uh, and then there are materials that will just be easier for you to get, but maybe sacrifice a little bit of performance. There are materials that are easier for you to get that are illegal, you know, however you want to do it. I mean, take mm-hmm. the responsibility onto yourself. And we just want to, you know, give you the ability. And then you can you can go hog wild on, on whatever you want to do. Yeah, because right now my understanding is that the government has said that it's illegal to make a steel jacket here because it's armor penetrating. Yeah, that's right. So specifically right. Uh, to get into uh, the legislation, it's uh, the Law Enforcement Officers Protection Act in 1985. And, you know, of course, all of this stuff is all this anti-gun stuff is couched under. What about the children? What about the police? Mm-hmm. Um, when the fact of the matter is, of course, like not a single cop has ever been shot with armor piercing ammunition by a civilian. There was a case where a cop was killed by another cop with armor piercing ammunition. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but you know, it's just fantasy moral panic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they defined armor piercing ammunition as um, a, bull- a, a projectile or projectile core. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be used in a handgun that is composed of um, tungsten alloys, 
iron, steel, beryllium, copper, brass, bronze, or depleted uranium. Okay. So if you wanna if you wanna get around that definition, you just gotta not use any of that. And and we're not. Mm-hmm. And then the other definition is, you know, maybe used in a handgun, uh, that is whose jacket comprises at least a quarter of the total weight of the bullet. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we're not doing either of those. So this is 100% legal. And I should say, um, a lot of people say, well, yeah, but you know, the ATF will phone you. Well, look, I mean, I, I saw you had uh, Matthew LaRossier on, yeah. your, on your show a few days yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. He's our lawyer. He's, uh, he's our guy. So, you know, if you, if you trust him, then you trust us to give you something that's legal. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, so one of the things about this is basically the government wants to make everything illegal. They, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, thought is illegal. <laughs> you can't think this. You can't, you know, there's all sure. these different things. So um, I think that that's the thing that we're going up here. I understand what everyone's saying. I mean, I think I'm that person, too, that I don't want to lose my rights. You know, I don't want these guys coming after me, knocking on my door, trying to take me out. If if this is how they've set the law, I don't necessarily agree with it. But if there if there's a different way to do things that do not break the law, I don't see that as being a crime. It's like talking about taxes, right? They've set up these specific things that you have to do, or if you do this, you have to pay, you know, you have to pay tax. It's illegal to deliberately avoid paying your taxes. It's not illegal to pay less taxes, though. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Well, the law has built into it ways to get around it, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like exactly, the, exactly. So yeah. that's kind of the weird thing um, to figure out there. Okay, let's see. Are there any other uh, questions on this? I think this is uh, something interesting. I'd like to see it. Um, you know, if we don't have any other questions, we could probably move on. So it, Go ahead. Is it uh, more dependent on the material or the velocity of the round? And or or the velocity is pretty normal within like plus p plus what you'd see. Um, so this is a nine millimeter bullet. It's flying at twenty three hundred feet per second out of okay, a Glock so, seventeen. Yeah. So it's very high velocity, and we've got the material advantage. And then there's there's also you know. The the geometry of the bullet is also, you know, built from the ground up to maximize velocity with the with the pressure, and uh, to maximize the the terminal performance. So, yeah, okay, interesting. All right, let me uh, just get this in here for a quick second. We'll come back to some other things. DCG forty four says uh, that military arms channel is saying that he has sources confirming the sale of Colt to CZ. Oh. <laughs> So, wow. yeah, thoughts, thoughts. Anyone who has thoughts on this, <laughs> who wants to go first? Well, maybe they make nicer guns now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make legal. Can we bring? Buy their AR. Yeah, can we? Can we uh, make uh, Colt great again? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, I don't see this as bad news. I don't know. Nope. What you guys think? I think. Nope. I think Colt's there's been suffering. There's a there's a solid established firearms manufacturer so maybe they'll manage it mm-hmm. like an actual business and not just run it in the ground like Colt originally did yeah yep um i think uh Colt just took too much advantage of their name without uh, living up to it so at least we know that cz respects their customers and their own brand and hopefully they'll uh they'll they'll put some pride back in Colt. yeah i think Colt. go ahead 
Go ahead, Hank. I interrupted. No, I was going to say, I think that cult has been taken down by location as well as the uh, whoever's managing them, right? So obviously mm-hmm. around them, uh, politics changed and stuff like that. And, and they found themselves in a position where they're making things in a state where they can't even really sell a lot of these things that they're making. Um, and that's difficult in and of itself. But that's easy to remedy. Get the hell out of the state. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't want to sell it to us. What did they do? They stopped producing ARs for civilian use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Biggest mm-hmm. purchaser. Ah, we just cut those guys out. I mean, how many ARs is the military, or not the military, law enforcement buy? They buy it for their department, they're done. Plus, they're competing. Mm-hmm. I look at an AR from Colt now, and I'm like, yep, there it is. It's an AR from Colt. I'll buy something else. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. at least the other person supports me, supports the industry, and Colt's just basically giving us the big middle finger and telling us, sorry, you can't have a gun because it's not politically correct or whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like an American HK. <laughs> they're gunmen. We're only going to sell Ford cars to race car drivers because they're professionals. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. You're mm-hmm. not. You're going to go under is what's going to happen. We're a bigger market. They are not. So mm-hmm. I don't know that the, if the civilian market is as big, though. I mean, I, that's, a, that's a lot, a lot of ARs that the the U.S. government buys like their candy. I mean, they got an awful lot of money to spend on them. Yeah, well, I mean, what are you talking about, though? You're talking about 1% of the, the military equates to 1% of the population or less. Mm-hmm. I did darn well tell you that civilians don't. We, by far, are more, are a larger group. Yeah, what's the, this, Look, who has right the, now. who has the numbers on this? And I see that, I see this. Well, on, and, yeah. and I want to know, because didn't FN actually get the big contract to do all the new M4s anyway? So, like, what what is Colt really doing now if FN got the contract? Uh, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought FN really was getting the contracts now for the U.S. military uh, well, more than Colt. Using AC cans, but look what happened to Remington. Yeah. Well, I banked on that one contract, and what they started realizing is we're not selling anything to civilians anymore. And they went under. Mm-hmm. Those contracts are great until the military decides to do something different. And then you're out. You need to diversify. Sorry, they need to diversify. We're all part of that. So. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Uh, I see some reports of our buffering out there. Um, mm-hmm. Bear with us. Hang in there. Hang in there with us. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. I, it, it might be too little, too late. I don't know if. Like, do you think a um, an AR-15 with CZ slapped on it? is going to be more desirable than any other AR-15. <laughs> I'm just curious. Oh, no, but they're actually a gun company. They're going to run mm-hmm. it like a gun company. I mean, look how their guns have come to light now. Mm-hmm. You think about it, 10 years ago. I mean, CZ was still around, but were they as prevalent as they are now? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Now, look, somebody's, somebody's doing something right over there. Mm-hmm. So definitely think they could turn around if they keep their same business model. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. What What do you what the, What does everyone else think about that? Agree with that? Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, CZ makes some some top guns more than ever. If you look at the like competition shooters, you know they're they're using what Tag Folio and then CZ. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the top. As far as competition shooters go, mm-hmm. they trust CZ more than more than uh than like Glock. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what my wife has got. She's got a CZ seventy five. So I yeah. love it. It's awesome gun. Yeah, awesome gun. So then, why mm-hmm. would CZ need to uh, take on Colt? 
I mean, is there some kind of, uh, you know, intellectual properties that they want to get their hands on? Manufacturer. Yeah, they I think. A, they, they bought a plant, and they probably got a good deal on it because they were going under anyway. So they bought all their tooling, machining, their plant, ditch all the old guys that were running it in the ground and bring all new... new. Yeah, but so won't they be facing the same problems that Colt was facing if they're still in the same place? Not if they're shipping outside the state. Not if they're moving stuff. People, people, I mean, think about it. CZ is international. Colt really is American gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, poor management. They ran it in the ground. Colt had it. They had everything. They mm-hmm. had ARs. They had uh, 1911s. Everybody wanted a Colt. And now look at it. Do you really think, hey, I really want a Colt? Nope, absolutely not. You want well, something? I, I want a SIG 1911 or I want uh, LWRC. They mm-hmm. let they left themselves open and people stepped right in and took mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. They market they didn't do. Good, Ron. Yeah, I think if they can if they can at least bring Colt back to the quality that people expect, the brand is so powerful because I think sometimes we forget that because we're kind of in the gun community or in the industry that we we kind of hold Colt we kind of hold Colt's misfortunes or their mismanagement against them whereas your average Joe Schmo is going to be like Colt legendary brand I always know Colt like if if so if they can if CZ they're not going to care that CZ owns them now they're going to care hey Colt is back they're making guns again and they work well I'm definitely going to buy it because it's Colt and I think that's how people will see it it'll be something nostalgic that if they bring it back and it works uh, I think they'll do well especially in this market Obviously, if the laws don't change drastically and there's a ban or something like that, if they can manufacture stuff, people are going to buy it, whoever makes it, and they're going to buy it overpriced <laughs> right now. I mean, look what Cole did. We're going to re-release the Python. Yeah. So. Oh, you're re-releasing a wheel gun. Now, I like wheel guns, but I'm not rolling a wheel gun. I can, mm-hmm. but nobody's like. Oh man, I better we ought to better run out and grab yeah, some Python. That would that would be for nostalgia. But here's so here's my thing, the the point that I wanted to make about location, right? And you guys So there's uh they're in Connecticut. Colts in Connecticut, right? Am I I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure of that. Okay, so they're in Connecticut. In Connecticut, the people they they if they're manufacturing stuff there, they have people working in the factories and doing different things for them that are living in Connecticut, they cannot buy the guns that they're making. Now you might say, well, what does that matter, right? They're selling it to us in the rest of the country. So I know that I had an experience with a company that was in Connecticut that was making ARs that I went out there to check out their ARs and I and I picked these things up and I was racking, you know, the uh, I, I was uh you know, racking the charging handle and stuff like that, and it felt gritty, and I pulled the trigger, and I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is pretty terrible, and they wanted to sell this for a lot of money, so the people, the guy who was designing and building this stuff, I was like, you know, do you, this is the first thing someone's going to do in a store, right? If you're going to a store and you, you have to buy an AR-15 for some reason, you're going to start racking it, you know, pulling the trigger, they're going to look at this thing. If someone wants 1200 bucks for it, and you wouldn't pay 400 bucks for it, you know, this is how you're going to think. And I was asking the guy about this and he was just looking at me like I was crazy. And I was like, do you, do you even, do you even like ARs? And he was like, no, I'm more of an AK guy. I was like, okay, do you even take these things out 
do you even like shoot these things? And he told me that the only way that he could shoot them is with the company. So he doesn't go out there as a person on his own and shoot these because he lives in Connecticut. They can't own this. You know, it's all this craziness that takes away like that soul that that connects us to a brand that's taken away when the people aren't enthusiastic of the thing that they're making. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Could, uh, CZ was building a factory in Arkansas, right? Could they just take the tooling if they wanted to and, I guess, yeah. move it there? Yeah, I don't see why not. They own yeah. the name. They could do whatever the sure. hell they want. Yeah. yeah, now they could just take the tooling and at least, you know, they'll lose yeah. the factory, but they've got the tooling. Yeah. So, I mean, that's instead of starting from scratch, that's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Now they can... Yeah, hopefully they have plans to do that. I think in just certain states, you're. It, it's just, why do it, man? How can you make the people that are working there enthusiasts when they can't buy the thing? You know, mm -hmm. if you go visit, if you go visit Caltech, and I know people might get mad at me because I'm saying Caltech or whatever, but the the employees of Caltech are constantly getting uh, free guns from Caltech, and it's in Florida, and like I think every six months that you work there, they give you a gun, and those guys are happy for that. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> don't don't like don't take my word for it. But I think I I saw something like that, right? That there's these. Better they get like a big discount or something. Uh oh, yeah. They get like fifty or sixty percent off these guns. But they're enthusiastic. I could just tell you, like, we can. I could say hey, something. Hey, I don't even. I don't even need that much off. I just want access. Right. right. I just want to buy it, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could tell you most of the people who work. I'm not going to say all, right? Because there might some be some people there. But a lot of the folks who work at Caltech are enthusiasts about guns and the stuff that they're making. They are buying. They're competing with them and all that kind of stuff. And I think that makes it, you know. Even though we can complain about some issues or whatever with Caltech, these people are enthusiasts of what they make, and I think that's really, really like if you if you yeah, look if you see the passion in Austin, that's important. That's what we're going to buy into more than anything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think so. That, I just think Colt thought that they were the big boy, and they were always going to be the big boy. And like I said, what do they do? Are gonna re-release the Python? Nothing new, no cool new pistols, nothing different. And hey, if you release a wheel gun, at least make it different from the one you sold in the seventies. Yeah. But if you were just so. making money, if you were just making money because of your name for a long time, you kind of go through atrophy, right? You don't have to use your brain that much. You don't have to think, think outside the box. Yeah, we see that in technology all the time. I mean, look at Apple. I feel like the iPhone has been way behind now for the last few years. They just, they've stagnated because they, they kind of don't need to do anything or they feel the same way. It's not that the product is, now it's a little bit different than cold. It's not that the product is bad, but there's no innovation there anymore. Um, they don't lead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that just seems to be the evolution of a lot of companies. When they get on top, they... They sell out and then they get corporate management and the corporate management is about the bottom line and not necessarily about the solar or growing or creating something new. That's what happens when so. you get big. Austin, yeah. I feel like you want to jump in here, man. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I mean, hmm. I, I to be honest, I, I don't know that much about Colt. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons why is because I'm into firearms technology. I don't I don't give a damn about the name. So, so there you go. I, I think know. a lot of people, a lot of us are like that now. Do we really care about the name that much? Let me ask that question. How much does a does an actual brand mean to everyone? Let's let, let, trade. No, I don't think we're brand. I don't think we're brand struck. But I do go. Okay, this company is reputable. I've shot their guns. I know they're good. So 
I know that if I purchase their product, that it's going to be good for me. I think mm-hmm. for us, it is different. Not like, oh, I got to have a Colt. It's a piece of crap, but I got to have it. No, I don't think that's kind of the case. Uh, I mean, I like Sig. Everybody knows I like Sig. But I'll pick up a Glock and shoot one. If it, if it rolls and it does good, I'm happy with it. So if somebody asks me, hey, what do you think of this Glock? Glocks are great. If you like them, run them. They're not garbage. Even mm-hmm. the high point, as we in an earlier episode, Hank, I've been telling people, if you don't have the money, buy a high point. Mm-hmm. They work. I mean, yep. they function. We, they we stand behind the gun, the too. They, they stand behind the gun. I said it for years, and now yeah. I'm like, dang, the thing actually shoots. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I yeah, think I think High Point stands behind High Point stands behind that gun, right? You could buy it new, used. Um, I bought a used one, and I took it apart, and all and a bunch of parts flew out. Could never find them again. I called them up; they just shipped out the parts to me. They didn't even ask me anything. They but they still won't make those parts kits. Oh, uh, I knew I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they stagnate, if they stagnate, like we're saying, if 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 they don't, if companies don't innovate, this is the way that you go. Look, I like I like Daniel Defense, and I know people that are all about Daniel Defense, and I'm not trying to knock them here. I have a Daniel Defense Integrally uh, suppressed rifle, you know. I and then I built, uh, I put together an Integrally suppressed rifle, you know, from different places. I'm more happy with the one that I put together than the one from Daniel from Daniel Defense. And really, the Daniel Defense, I'm paying more money just so they can have furniture that has Daniel Defense logos all over it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, and and so I kind of feel cheated at the end of the day. Like, really, this is how you know. Give me something that's really different out there and I'll, and I'll be fine paying the money for it but I, I don't want to pay the money just to get like the cool logo yeah, and stuff so, well and again those people get stuck in I'm sorry Austin I did not mean to interrupt go for mm-hmm. it they get stuck in a rut Daniel Defense did come up with that bolt gun I have to say we were shooting it it shoots really well I'm very impressed with it mm-hmm. but yeah these do, these companies do come out and get stuck I mean look Nike shoe what do they come out another shoe it's it's brown instead of white, but it's the exact same shoe. Mm-hmm. No innovation. I do agree with you. I mean, how I mean, I mean, how much innovation can you have in a farm? You can have quite a bit, but maybe what they do is they tweak the tolerances. They need to listen more to their customer base, not just, hey, we're gonna we're cold, we're gonna build whatever, and we don't care. They'll buy it because we're cold. No, no, we will not. We will mm-hmm. go to LPRC. We will go to POF. We'll go to these different companies, Spikes Tactical. We'll find somebody that makes a quality gun that we're happy with, and we will leave you, and you will be sitting there trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. I I think a good parallel, and this kind of brings in Austin, and even I can can throw this and compare Austin and Elon Musk in one one throw here. It's cars themselves, the shape of cars and things like that. We know what works. Aerodynamically, we know what works. We've got tires, compounds. We know that what's been changing is the propulsion. So it kind of works the same way with firearms. We know what works. You've got a barrel, it goes down, a, uh, a projectile goes down a barrel, uh, and that's pretty much it. The gun, the functionality of a gun, we know what we can do. It's projectile technology that really needs to advance at this point, whether it's what Austin is creating here with something that you know circumvents or, or changes the way the projectiles are made, uh, or you know, in the future, it might be like rail guns or plasma weaponry, something like mm-hmm. that. Lasers, you know, whatever it is. I but that form, yeah, yeah, that form factor is kind of we've kind of reached the point where the form factor works. 
even if you create like a laser weapon, it's probably still going to have like a pistol grip and a trigger because naturally that works. You got to gra- you got to use your hands. <laughs> well, for now. Yeah, so for now. <laughs> yeah, and same thing with cars. So now it's about instead of internal combustion engine, we have uh, batteries. You know, sure, it's, sure. that's kind of what's changing it. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I uh, spoke at a, a, all right. I, I spoke at a conference like a, a few months ago, and and a new one's coming up. Bear Arms and Bitcoin, which, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, both Matthew Larosier and uh, Alex from Control Pew will be at. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, but you know, a big part of what I talked about is like stagnation in the gun industry, and it's bad. It's really, really bad. You look at it. Like, what? I'm sick of ARs, guys. I know that's like sacrilege in our space, but like, look, it's 75 years old. Why don't we have something more bull pups? Yes, yes, yes. I run the Ace Galil. Have you seen it? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see at all? I, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. You're going to have to tell me at some point. 0.62 but, by 39. Side charging handle. I like side charging. Oh, I, yeah, wish, I wish, yeah, I wish more guns uh, were side charging. I mean, come on. It runs off standard, um, AKM mags, so there's nothing proprietary to it. It's very user-friendly. Ambi safety, but the one safety on the bottom is by your thumb. Oh, big surprise there. You just pop it. Yeah. The other safety is on the top by your trigger finger. You push straight down, and then you're able to engage. I mean, let me, let me ask you guys this. Why are we still stuck on charging handles? Now, I understand the guys in the military. You're going to be like, oh, you know, charging handle worked awesome for me. I get it, and, and, I, and I will always have a bunch of ARs. But can we can we do some stuff like side char- I mean, that's not even new. Well, that, that's it. Like that that's that kind of gets to like the the core of, of what my talk was. It's like it is the military. Yes. Like when I yeah. talk about like how uh, you know it's bizarre that we are a nonprofit trying to do this. Mm-hmm. It's it's even it would even be weird if we were just a uh, a private company trying to do this stuff rather than some extension of the government. But that's it. The firearms industry is the government because no matter how much money all of, you know, all, you know, 100 million of us spend on guns, we will never outstrip the, you know, infinite supply of other people's money that the DOD has to say, this is what the next generation of gun is. So it's always going to be the military. And I guess like that's a point of Atlas Arms is we're trying to make guns that aren't for the military they don't don't come that technology doesn't come from the military and then kind of trickle down to us you know yeah peasants well, so whatever. i kind of we're trying to make stuff straight for the individual and I, and, and i just uh, another tag on to that mm-hmm. said talking about the name of a company i don't care about the name but Keltech is the one company that i know that i'm gonna always find making something interesting yeah, yeah. well that's true and, and i think you know I, I would ag- I agree with what you're saying, and this is the twist for it for me, right? Because I don't want to say that I disagree. I think I think you're making a good point, but I, here's the problem: all these companies are competing to get the military contract. Only one is going to get it, right? Or only a few of these companies are going to get it. If they're trying to get the military contract for a pistol, only one of them is going to get it. If they're trying to get it for an AR, only one, I mean, there's, there's like we're limited on how many things the military's buying. So at the end of the day, what happens to the rest of the thousand companies out there that didn't get that contract and they made something that's boring to us in the civilian market? As Trey was saying earlier, we don't want that. <laughs> you know, we're bored well, of that. I, I mean, do we or don't we? Because I think the the most recent example, I agree on the AR space, mm-hmm. but let's take a recent example. What what contract did the 
military finally uh, decided a few a uh, couple years ago. The PDW, the uh, they won their first SMG in like 50 years, mm-hmm. and so they chose what the BNT APC9, and pretty much every loser of that contest went on the civilian market. Uh, even the street bog, I think, early on went uh, was one of those uh, that competed for that DoD contract. So we've got a ton of. SMGs, the SIGs, I think, the SIG, MPX, and all that all competed for that. And so we got that. And, I mean, it seems like everybody bought it up and PCCs became super popular. And it's kind of because of Austin said that was because of the military. It was like, are we really into PCCs or was it because the military had a contract? And then those companies started pushing that and we're like, hey, it's something that's not an AR. Let's buy that. So did we create that market or did that or, or the, that the, that market created itself well, and sometimes you have to did. ask yourself yeah so did the the military created that market but, so, but furthermore it though it, the military does that and then and then it's you know these like you know i don't want to say they're all boomers but you know what i'm saying that if it's good enough for the troops it's good enough for me well yeah. what you need in your life is different than you know what the special forces need in, uh, on their missions you know what i'm saying it's like this is completely different thing here mm-hmm. so i think it depends what category of gun guy you are we all have those you know certain things out there and then when it comes to getting multiple things which is where the where the civilian market is different right because we're going to get multiple things we're going to get things for the cool factor or the brand or whatever um i just really think it comes down to where you're at like are you that gun person that only has maybe two or three guns or are you that person that wants all the guns <laughs> i'm i'm in the all the guns category mm-hmm. whether i can afford them or not um, and I think that's how, and, and then so with a lot of these things, it comes down to, to price. Strybog has done very well because of the price versus like B&T, for example, right? And I'm guessing B&T got all the contracts in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think I, I think that's that's also a factor. But ultimately, we, we all do want the cool things. But... Maybe the smaller. This is just leaving space out there for the smaller companies, you know. But, but I think what uh, Austin brings up is actually a really, a really awesome point that I never mm-hmm. really thought of myself. That, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about, especially since we 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 kind of go in the tactical space a lot of times. We all do it mm-hmm. uh, if you're into guns and you're an enthusiast. But you know, they always talk about you know what you need for your mission, and it's true. The civilian self-defense mission is completely different from the military, and you even see it in training. And I've and I love uh, sometimes watching. I forgot, I forgot who who runs that. I think it might be uh, Gun Talk Radio has those scenarios where they'll show civilians and even military guys, and they have them run through self-defense scenarios with cert pistols. And sometimes the military guys, despite having the training and even experience, because they're trained in rules of engagement where it's like you cannot fire unless these specific things happen. Whereas in the civilian situation, it's like once you're under attack, that's it. Rule of engagement is you can defend yourself in most states. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have stand your ground laws Mm -hmm. or it's just law of survival, you may not care what the law is. Mm -hmm. I have to protect myself. And there is no rule of engagement in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. So you can even see how those tactics are different and how sometimes military guys, when they're thrown to self-defense, are like, wait a second. I, they're so ingrained in, in rules mm-hmm. of engagement. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. wait, I don't even know. Can I engage this person? I have to assess the situation. Whereas the civilian's like, shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at this point, yeah. like the, the U.S. military is offensive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, here are the bad guys. You know, my superiors tell me to go kill these guys. Yeah. Right? Like that. that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're not we're – not, 
you know, they're, they're not like in the U.S. defending their homes, right? If you're defending your homes, if you're trying to, you know, protect your family, look, you're, you're not trying to kill those guys. You're trying to lay down fire. You're trying to just, you know, bristle as much as you can to get the hell out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, Trey, you're, you're, you've been in the military and you also do a lot of training. I'm very anxious mm-hmm. to hear your input on what we're saying here because you're yeah, training no, people sorry, every day. I've just seen yeah. good, Rolando. Yeah. Talk real too. <laughs> Rolando, I'm going to tell you a funny story that happened to me in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I took the concealed weapons class in Vegas because I needed to carry in Vegas. And at the time, Florida was not reciprocal. I had to take their license. So we're sitting in the class. It's an eight-hour class. It's absolutely boring. And there's an Army guy sitting up front, I'm like in the Army, straight-up Army. And so we're sitting back there. And so the guy gives us a scenario, and he points at each person. He says, shoot or don't shoot. Just to the whole class. He gets to that Army guy, and the guy's like, I de-escalate the force is going on. He's going over all this stuff. And I go, hey, man, he said shoot or don't shoot. He didn't say all that stuff. And, and most people are not shooting. That guy's doing all that. Mm-hmm. He points at the two Florida guys, and I'm like, shoot. The guy next to me is like, shoot. That, I mean, we were like, that guy's beating the whole, he had a bat, and he was like smashing in our windshield trying to get yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, and then we were trapped in traffic. I'm like, dude, I ain't talking to that guy. I'm lighting him up. Now, I might pull my piece and go, you need to drop the bat. He's swinging. You're going to get Sorry, that, we're gonna find out if them armor peers around. Yeah, and like, that was that was pretty much the exact scenario I saw. It was you're at mm-hmm. home and somebody you know knocks on your door and then they have they're the distraction. Somebody comes through your back door to try to you know attack or whatever. And so this this gentleman was a veteran and the guy's coming at him with a bat and he's almost like stop you know stop there don't do it you know and all this stuff. Whereas the civilian who kind of gotten some basic training. Uh, but in self-defense, immediately, as soon as that guy broke through that door, he's like, you broke into my house, it's a shoot. Like, he just mm-hmm. immediately shot as soon as that happened. Yeah. So it was totally to different. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I don't need to question. You broke into my house. That's it. There's no rule of engagement here. You already violated my... Yeah. 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 But if you're in the yeah. military, you belong to them, right? I mean, that's the yeah. that's the end of the story, it's right? Different. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately... And that's yeah. A lot of scenarios. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of times you're the cheapest thing that's on the battlefield. I mean, I I, I, I hate to say that. I, I never served um, like a lot of folks out, out in our chat have. I know Trey has. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me sometimes, like when you look at w- the way that people look at folks in the military, it's like they're looking at it as the cheapest thing out there. Um, it shouldn't really be that way. You know, so they've got all these rules that don't really protect the individual soldiers versus and if the politics. men are disposable, then you can imagine the guns they're carrying are also meant to be disposable. And there's another problem with this. I was in the military, so I know what I'm talking about. What did you do in the military? I was a cook. You don't know what you're talking about. You know how to cook. So tell me about pancakes and we'll talk all day. So you get a lot of guys that are, I was in the military. What did you do in the military? I was in laundry or I was a diesel mechanic. Yeah. Okay, you don't know anything. I mean, you know how to shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. Here it is point it over there, pull the trigger, you pop them. They don't really know about a lot of that stuff. And so what starts happening is I hear it all the time. My friend told me because he was in the military. What do you do in the military? I don't know. Well, then what if he put a check on a plane? He, ain't care- he might be carrying a piece, but he ain't using it. He's basically trained with the gun. Here it is. Put this in here. Do this. Point it that way. Shoot it. All right, you qualified. Stick in the holster and go back to work. Mm-hmm. And the guys aren't trained. They're basically trained. Now, some of the guys are highly trained, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at the guy's level of training. Just because he's in the military didn't mean he was pumping up tires on the back of a, uh, 
of an APC trying to get it down the road. I mean, you got to look at what the guy did in the actual military before you. Yeah, and, and that's not being disrespectful of the fact that he stepped up and served, but we, but you know, everyone serves in a different way, right? So well, exactly, I don't mean yeah. that. There's logistics. So for mm-hmm. every guy that fights, there's ten other guys that support him. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it like that. I was mm-hmm. in the Navy. Sometimes we were the transportation, and sometimes we were rolling. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we rolls, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got to look at it. Be realistic. I mean, and nothing against police officers, but police officers same way. Everybody's like, oh, he's a police officer. He knows about guns. So when I was dealing <laughs> with police officers on the on another range, and they're looking at a pistol, just trying to figure out how to get the magazine out of the bottom of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your gun guy? Can you figure it out? And I go, yeah, it's right here. He goes, how'd you know where that's at? It's European release. It's right here on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they've been playing. I watched three of them have play around with it, going. Ugh. I mean, it was clear. It was obviously mm-hmm. safe, mm-hmm. but he goes, I know my Glock, I know my shotgun, and I know my AR. The other guns, I know nothing about them. There's so, yeah, there's special yeah. operators like that too, right? There's special there's yeah. there's guys who went cool, yeah. yeah there's yeah. guys but who went out there and actually grandmother over here advice on how to mm-hmm. defend herself and carry a gun. I think you need to I, and we see in the store guys come in you need to buy a 1911 and the woman's like 95 pounds can she shoot? Of course she can. Mm-hmm. She ain't carrying it. It ain't comfortable. She 1911s are complicated if you're not a shooter. It is mm-hmm. not a person shooter gun. Mm-hmm. And it, we have the debate of semi-auto versus revolver. I tell people, get the gun for the level of training and the level of shooting you're going to do. If you're going to buy a gun and never shoot again or never train, buy a revolver. If you're going to buy a gun and you're going to train and take a little time to learn how to use it, buy a semi-automatic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those lightweight, I think Lola and I went through that, that someone was like, oh, get this lightweight revolver, which was fine, right? Because she got it, okay, it's lightweight. But then once she started shooting it, she was like, oh, I don't like how this feels in my hand. Absolutely. Oh, well, this is... Too late now. Yeah. I'll buy it. I'll give you half (laughs) Already sold it. Already sold it. Okay, let's... I carry it as a backup, and then I carry my, obviously, my concealed carry. I know that when I pull that three fifty seven Magnum out, there's some pain coming down there. Yeah. The only guys like it's got five shots. Yeah, it's going to put a fist hole in your back, though. Yeah, and so, it, under those circumstances, you're not going to feel the recoil going through your hands or the, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Okay, listen, I want to do this before I forget. This is the only reason why I'm trying, I'm trying to, and this is like a little bit of a twist. We've got Austin here. He's making a new special kind of super ammo. Um, and then Paulie Walnuts out there has oh, yeah. a, yeah, Paulie Walnuts has this comment. He says, I don't want anything firearms related. I don't have ammo. Laugh out loud. So we, we've, we've got Austin here. He makes ammo. We have to have the ammo. We've got to have this ammo conversation, right? Okay. So I, I got some things to say about this. Right. I got some things to say. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we don't, we don't produce any ammo yet. I'm real excited to because this is a great market to be in to, you know, mm-hmm. add more and better ammo to the market. But. Anybody who reloads, and I don't know if you guys do, um, but you know the primers are, are the choke point. Yep. And that's, that's the way it is. Um, everybody, and you know, some gun guys, you know, if you're really into guns, you might have heard of the Remington Etronics, right? It's an like electric primer. Um, but that, that primer is only, you know, it's electric, sure, but like it was only made to, to, to be shot once. So another project that Atlas Arms has going on is what I call arc primers. And the idea is essentially you replace that that uh, percussion cap primer with an insulated electrode in there, and you have an electronic fire control system. And you know, okay, people say, yeah, but I don't want a, a battery in my gun. Well, look, 
you can just not have ammo at all, which is what we're kind of mm-hmm. down to now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of this is like, because it's just an electrode, it's infinitely reusable. As in, if you, you, if you prime, say 500 rounds, a thousand rounds of brass with this arc primer, then as long as, you know, as long as you keep reloading that, you don't have to put another primer in the entire life. Right. So, so like, hmm. these are the things we do need to think about. And I appreciate you saying, you know, like, like, yeah, a lot of this comes down to ammo technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are things we, we got to start thinking about is if these corporations, which are, you know, in, in bed with the government, because that's what the firearms industry is mostly. And especially as we're facing, you know, unfriendly forces with the Biden administration and every Democrat that sits in the White House. Mm-hmm. We got to start thinking about, like, what are the chokeholds? Like, what, mm-hmm. what do we need to do to guarantee that we continue to have access to guns? Because we know, we see the financial chokeholds. Um, it's not so, gun bans exactly. It's making it expensive and difficult mm-hmm. to have guns. Yeah. So, so. Let, I don't know if – because I, I think I missed some of that here, you know. Um, so you're saying that there is a technology that we can use to replace primers. So we can use the same firearms – but a different kind of primer that's reusable? Yeah, yeah that's right. Say that. Second. Technology years ago, they used, and it never, never came to light, it never worked. They basically made a, a powdered cartridge. The cartridge is made of powder with a projectile in mm-hmm. it, and it started, and it, and it ignited that with electricity. Now, Austin knows more about it than I do, but I remember that back in the 80s. Hmm. So well, Remington did, had a rifle in like 2000 that uh, a yeah. bolt action rifle that used that technology. Really? Okay. And I was going to ask. I was like, do you even need a battery? Could you have a capacitor and then you and you charge it? And I know oh. Vanessa Kitty kind of stole my thunder in the yeah. chat. Yeah. Is that is that what Vanessa a was? A piezoelectric circuit instead. So obviously you can use motion or friction to charge something temporarily. And for yeah. A so, gun, you may not need a long charge mm-hmm. to fire a magazine, then you just crank it back there up. There was a uh, Daisy, like the, the air rifle company, Daisy, uh, made uh, a caseless rifle, a yep. uh, caseless firearm back called the VL, and it uses adiabatic uh, compression. So the piston of the air rifle compressed the air, superheated the air, and that's what ignited it. So, you know, there's, mm. there's more than one way to do this. The, the point is, like, even... Like everybody that tries to make new primer technology, they do this for like muzzle loaders all the time, like these new fire sticks and and stuff like that, or the Remington Etronics, you know, and and uh, and you know, some of the other stuff you're talking about. They always want to make it the same. They want to keep the model the same. They want to. They're the corporation that's selling it to you, so they want to make sure that they can. If they sell you the the handle for your for your shaving razor, they want to make sure they can keep selling you the blades for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. We got to get away from that. We can't be dependent on primers of any type anymore. We need primers that are infinitely reloadable. Like you, you reload it, you don't knock the old one out. The same primer just works. And and that's that's what I'm talking about. That's like, that's this is a very exciting Atlas Arms project that, that we're just starting to, to get into. Okay, so you are, because I was going to say, like, are you guys yeah. working on this? Okay. We are. We are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just that. You're, say again? Have you ever seen how, well, I'm talking to Hank, but. I didn't mean to interrupt, Austin. Have you ever seen them make primers? It's freaking crazy. They got like a bunker and one dude in there making primers. That's why I only want one. I think one primer factory in the United States, all of it overseas. Mm-hmm. And the guy's in there making it. So if he messes up and explodes, it only kills him in the room. 
and that's how they make money. What does that job pay? Is it enough? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Austin. I did not mean to. Oh no, you're fine. No, that's a good. That's a good point, though. Mm -hmm. It's 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 difficult to make primers then, even under good circumstances, right? And and this is why it it is a choke point. But because it's a choke point, I agree with what you're saying, Austin. We need to develop ways. Why? How come you? Why didn't you go this direction? In like, I'm not knocking the the nine millimeter round that you're working on. I mean, that's probably going to call more attention. I'm sure the FBI, ATF, every single alphabet agency. Uh, is going to be observing you closely. Um, why not? Why not go the primer direction first? So, uh, man, this is kind of hard. To, if you allow me, uh, sure. uh, to to go back. Um, yeah. Atlas Arms started on this idea of like a replacement for gunpowder because I mean that's really you, you start to think. I mean, if you're like me, and maybe everybody isn't so conspiratorially minded or something, but. Uh, you know, you start to think about like the way gun bans go, and first we'll ban this, and then we can do it. You know, if they, California's got their ammunition, uh, like background check. Well, mm. that that sucks. So then we'll just make our own ammo. Okay, so we need to be able to make our own bullets and brass, and you know, like like all this stuff. What do you come down to? The hardest part of it is gunpowder. Now, gunpowder is actually really hard to make. So, the first Alice Arms concept they came up with. Um, was a replacement for for gunpowder that's really 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 difficult unless you want to risk killing yourself uh so we thought we need to start somewhere else and we didn't want to be you know some just another monster corporation that monopolizes this you can't actually get access to it and that kind of thing so we thought we, we needed to start small if we wanted to be the kind of people that just you know give it away and like empower the individual rather than just making a buck then we had to start with something that would really connect. And we thought the best way we could do that instead of, you know, instead of making space aliens that are like entirely new to this world, maybe we would start by raising zombies back from the dead with uh, armor piercing ammunition. And, you know, this is not a cheap or easy project. Very, very difficult as it turns out to make new technology like this. Mm-hmm. But it is more accessible for like a small company and it's a lot easier to crowdfund and that kind of thing. And back when we started this, um, we didn't have uh, the the kind of prescience of the 2020 ammo industry <laughs> where climbers are, yeah. are, are the, the, the choke point. Mm-hmm. So if we had known that, then yeah, we would have started with the electrical ignition. Um, but but we just didn't know. And uh, we, we've got some, you know, every project that, that we have, every concept builds on another. So we, we've got uh, concepts for... I dare I say it, uh, some practical caseless, uh, stuff, but that requires the electrical ignition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like, we've got, you know, a lot of concepts we want to build on, but in in a lot of the ways, like for the dagger, you know, it it being like, okay, this looks appropriate for now. Um, I think our next, our next big project, uh, is really going to be that electrical ignition. Why? Because, I think we all understand now just how necessary it really is, and we, we just didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. Um, do, I, I don't know. You guys could tell me if I'm wrong. Do you think time's really working against us here? Because this, this feels like this is going to go at least until the end of the year, maybe for the next couple of years that we, we could what, be. Ammo? Yeah, the ammo situation. <laughs> oh, I think it's next year for sure, and that's like just with the status quo. 
I think the fear, uh, the fear factor might keep things up that far. And if anything changes, then it's just going to get worse or it's going to be, well, now you got to get background checks or you just can't buy a certain ammo at all. Uh, so if, if it goes that way, I don't know. But mm-hmm. well, I think the fear will keep will keep demand high. Yeah. I, you know, I deal with it on kind of distributor level, a little bit higher level. And what we're seeing is it's not just there's ammo there. It's shipping. Yep. They, these ships are quarantined. They can't get out of the shipping dock or medical supplies are prioritized. They can't get these things out. And then when they do get here to the States, what happens is they sit off the coast for three, three, two to three weeks, a month, because there's not enough truckers here that can clear the background check, get the COVID test, and come in and pick up all the product. The ammo's there. The problem is getting it to where it needs to be. The choke point is primers, yes, for ammo. Mm-hmm. But the real choke point really is international shipping. Mm-hmm. And we deal with this all the time. Mm-hmm. I've seen seen stuff come in and sit off the, co- the coast of Miami for a month. It's sitting there. I'm like, I'll just go get a boat. We'll go get it. The guy's like, no, you got to wait until they offload the container at the shipping yard. And we're, we're short on truck drivers because they're either A, sick, they couldn't pass the background check, or they didn't pass the COVID test, and they got to uh, you know, quarantine for 10 days or whatever so yeah. you know there's a yeah. lot of choke points the primer really is he's 100 percent primer is the one as far as the actual manufacturing of the ammo but international shipping is also another one and if we fly it in you can double and triple the price now easily i mean eight or 8.6 million new gun owners this year that's an unbelievable amount of people that was with the demand already high mm-hmm. they they each bought a thousand rounds. Eight point six billion rounds in one year were sold. Now think about it. That's just to the new gun owners, not to us. Uh, you know, we're out there rolling Hank, Hank style, rolling fifty thousand rounds a year or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, oh, that would be the, the dream. <laughs> People see the money. The money. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid. They're chasing the money. Mm-hmm. Them guys don't care if they're selling bullets or if they're selling. In, in 95 mass, they want to make money, and that's how simple it is. Yeah, that's so. what it is business-wise. Okay, I know a lot of people are still having some buffering problems, uh, and people like, Hank, move the van. The van is in the best position. Uh, I'm going to see if I could put an antenna on here to make it better, but let's realize a couple things. One, uh, once, like right now, I've got the studio space as well as the van, but we have to move out of the studio by the end of the month, so that's not going to make any difference. When Once we move out of the studio, I'm going to be using a phone signal. But right now, I'm in the best position to get the Wi-Fi from the studio, short of dropping a line down out the window, which there's no window. So. You've, got a, you've got a Tesla right now, right? Yeah. So Okay, so what you need to do is you need to email Elon. You need to ask him to get on the Starlink. Starlink? Program. Yeah, I, oh, my, I really need that. I was watching uh, <laughs> Tech Tips, and they were getting like 150 megabits down what? with only like 27 millisecond ping on satellite. And I was like, what? what? This is ridiculous. <laughs> That's how yeah, good it that's is. crazy. So that's yeah, this get. this is kind of bad tonight, and I apologize for that. Uh, if you're looking at fa- uh, at this through Facebook or somewhere else that I shared it, I would say go directly to YouTube because what's happening? Like for us, the signal is not really that bad. We're all able to see each other, and then there's a software that I'm using that's recording this, and then that software is sending it to YouTube. And then people are seeing it from YouTube, from the YouTube link on Facebook and other places. So because you're that 
that removed, it's probably a little bit worse. But I apologize. We have to do this so that we can figure out how to make these things better. But um, so after we've ended the podcast and it's replaying on YouTube itself, it'll be a lot better than this. But you know, I apologize. We're we're you know we we're uh, heading off into uncharted waters here. Uh, so far as I know, I'm the first person I know to start uh, start broadcasting from Apocalypse Van. That's basically what's going on here. I could be on the move. <laughs> yeah, I could be on the move. And trust me, this is like, let me see. I can show you guys. Look, that's the night out there. <laughs> it's nighttime out there. Let's see. Well, you probably, you know what? I'll pop this. No, I don't. Actually, this is a bad neighbor. This is a bad neighborhood. I'm not going to. I don't want anyone to see. I don't want anyone. I don't want those. You're a pug. Hey, Apocalypse band isn't very useful if you uh, just hang around bad neighborhoods. No, this yeah. the studio is in a really bad neighborhood. There's literally a building um, down the block here that, um, yeah, it's, there's, you know, it's like a housing situation for different kinds of people. Um, like, unfortunately, some displaced veterans, some, some people that have come out of mental institutions and stuff like that. So uh, no one really messes with me or anything, but yeah, I don't want them to necessarily see what's going on here uh inside the van and i've seen people come up and walking around it so but uh we'll i'll do everything in my power to uh make this better uh drb166 gave us uh 10 bucks here he says i was gonna give this to aaron at we like shooting but eh, you know what uh thank you we appreciate it uh you know so so sorry so sad for aaron <laughs> i like the guys from we like shooting um yeah, so we were talking here about um, alternatives to ammo. I know ammo is like a tough thing. Um, so other than other than the electric primer situation that we we're talking about, uh, what other alternatives do we have here? I'm dry firing a lot. Yeah. Dry firing. Uh, insects for my dry firing. Mm -hmm. I do different. Keep my skills up. I mean, I, you know, you got to stay with your skills. So. You know what is it? It becomes it becomes like everything. I want to conserve the ammo I have. Mm -hmm. So I have guys that come out, and they come out and they bring one box of ammo, and the guy shoots every Wednesday morning like clockwork. He shoots his fifty rounds of thirty-eight. Mm -hmm. For about an hour, drinking his coffee, taking his time, and enjoying himself, and he still enjoys the shooting sport. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing a lot of new shooters. None of my old ones are like, oh, it's too expensive to shoot. But some mm -hmm. people, the people that show up go. I don't know that. They don't know any better. They just want to shoot. Mm -hmm. you know? So they'll buy whatever, come out and shoot, and have a good time. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, like I said, I think, uh, you know, like Rolando, I agree with him. I mean, ammo's expensive, and I shoot a lot. I'm not out there shooting 50 rounds. I'm out there mm -hmm. shooting 100 rounds, 5,000 rounds. Yeah. Yep. So what I do, I change my training. Went more back to basics and very little shooting, almost no shooting. And just going drawing and practicing my draw and my trigger control and my press and movement and things like that. So yeah, I think training still needs to come. Yeah. Now, what was the name of the company? I think you were on. I think you were on. Mantis X. Huh? Mantis X. 
Mantis X, yeah. Um, they're the guys that have a bunch of different things that we could use to dry fire and get an idea of where you know where the rounds going and all that, right? I think it was there was, was it Ma just yeah, it was Mantis X. They had a whole bunch of different things. I would love yeah. to see that technology come along and get better, so people that so people can train in the first place without burning. That there's nothing better than actually uh, shooting ammo, but it would be cool to get some yeah, more realistic training stuff. For someone like like us, where we shot, I know the feel of the gun. I know the shooting. What am I working on? I'm working on muscle memory, mm -hmm. on position, my body mm -hmm. position. So now I'm concentrating more of, okay, what am I doing wrong? Okay, I got. I'm leaning slightly back, or mm -hmm. I'm not here. My hands cockeyed. I'm now concentrating more on my basics than I'm engaging in shooting targets mm -hmm. and doing all that. I'm still doing that. I can tell you that. I, I was lucky because about five years ago. I bought a, a system that uses computers, and it actually projects on a screen, and I can draw and shoot targets. Mm -hmm. But that thing's five thousand dollars. Then nobody's spending five thousand dollars for something hey, like that. Space, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, you got space. So what am I doing? I'm going to back to basics and drawing, and I'm drawing. I'm doing mag changes, all the basic stuff that I want to work on. Mm -hmm. And then you know, so I'm still getting some trigger time, but again, I'm doing manipulation more than anything. Single, mm -hmm. single or double round per mag and random and I'm doing malfunctions and clearing and I'm doing all the basics but I'm keeping it down to 20 rounds you know keeping it simple so, mm -hmm. there's a there's a great video that uh, Lucas T-Rex Arms made a few years a couple years ago and he brought this kid that was from Japan yes. <laughs> yeah and he was shooting airsoft and the great thing is that so many manufacturers obviously make their own their real guns in airsoft mm -hmm. so it's the same size similar mass so you, you have the fire control there. And he wanted to see this kid shoots thousands of rounds, basically dry fire with airsoft. Will his skills translate to a real firearm? And once the kid got over the initial recoil and the sound, it did. And he was dominating like a professional shooter. So that's another alternative for people, too, that you can use an airsoft equivalent, especially if you have a mainstream gun like a Glock 19, Sig P320. Mm -hmm. All those companies make real versions of their guns. Cert pistols are cool, too. Um, all that stuff can help, and at least with an airsoft, you can yeah. still shoot targets and shoot steel, and you get a ping, and it's kind mm -hmm. of fun at the same time. It's good, good positive, positive reinforcement. Yeah. The one I yeah. saw, the one I bought, it's pretty cool because you load the the mag with yeah. 20 rounds. You put the air in it, so it's always a fresh cartridge. So I had three mm -hmm. cartridges. I'm like, I thought it was like a CO2 cartridge, like the old style. Heck no, yeah. man. Those things are like real guns. It is absolutely yep. insane. I completely... I, I haven't used mine. I was doing more of the dry firing and more of the uh, Mantis X. But you're absolutely right. I didn't even think mm -hmm. about how much airsoft. And you go to Walmart's and buy airsoft yep. for $20 if you can't afford mm -hmm. the higher-end guns. Uh, pellet guns. I have yep. six pellet yeah, guns. Yeah, paint guns. Yeah, paint guns. Anything that simulates the shooting. Mm -hmm. But uh, my apocalypse gun is my bow. Sorry, I'm a bow guy. So. Yeah. No, hey, that works too. Nothing wrong with that. Takes out tires all the time. Yeah, let me get a couple of. By the way, please smash the thumbs ups out there. We appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, uh, John Crump gave. By the way, John Crump was complaining that he wasn't invited to this, to this show. Oh. Uh, he was doing that well, early. He's been, he's been a, a good <laughs> a good friend of mine in all of this. He's he's been helping me get the word out. He introduced me to you, so I should. Yeah. I want to say a, a thank you to him for for. Uh, you know yeah. this even 
being yeah we love Trump around here and we did invite him he didn't respond to the he didn't respond to it he says he just saw it now when he realized we were on air but Lola was reaching out to him um, earlier about that but you know yeah it's nothing against Crump at all he's a good dude um, you know he's an awesome guy let me see here uh, armament and axes gave us five bucks he says for better internet or antenna signal booster <laughs> or whatever makes the wheel of death stop spinning uh, still hang it in there um, yeah thank you we appreciate you doing that um, you know uh, Lola is uh, Lola is uh, is thanking everyone out there for hanging in with us so this is a great conversation. I'm really enjoying it. I want to switch out before we forget. Um, there's this whole thing going on with Disney, and I want to see what everyone's idea of this is. Um, if you haven't heard about it here, I'll throw some stuff up on the screen. So Gina Serrano, who's in The Mandalorian, um, she got fired. There's been like uh, lots of pressure to fire her. People aren't very happy with uh, things she's posting on Twitter, etc. Um, and I looked at those things. I don't really think there's anything wrong with it. I think the big problem is she's probably closer to us on the scale in terms of being conservative. Um, so she's been getting all this pressure. Uh, who's heard of this? What have you heard? I'll start with Rolando. So I know you're on top of this, Rolando. Yeah, so for months now, Gina Carano has basically shown that she's, like you kind of said, if you want to say that she's on the conservative side of the spectrum. So she's been very much against kind of masking, uh, you know, kind of the, the usual thing that we've seen with a lot of freedom-minded folks and shown skepticism. I would I, I would say skepticism is the right way of, of the powers that be. And uh, you're not really supposed to do that. And it's kind of come to a head that the Twitter, the Twitter mob, as I like to say, has been trying to cancel her for months. But uh, for the most part, people were defending her. Uh, a lot of it was rumors within Disney and uh, Dave Filoni. He's actually one of the producers of The Mandalorian. Or no, I mean, John Favreau. John Favreau, um, yeah. Yeah, was actually defending her for a while. Now, um, I don't think I she's like kind of came to a head. Yeah, I don't think she's super conservative or anything like that. I think she just speaks her mind and she's tough. And why wouldn't no. you like a tough person? Because I know from the beginning of her on this show, they were trying to get rid of her. But from what I read today, it was because she put on her Twitter profile after her name, Beep Bop Boop. And I guess now you're not allowed to put beep up boot because that belongs to a certain uh, classification of people. And so, so let me get this straight. You're, you're not allowed to have your own mind as a woman unless you're a leftist. This is that well, like well, you... <laughs> I heard a great point that they had to cancel her because she represents everything that they hate. Mm -hmm. She's an attractive but very powerful woman. Mm -hmm. She's independent. And she's I actually, and, and, and as a as an actress in movies, I actually believe she can kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, but she so she represents because she's she draws the line of femininity, but she's still a badass. Yeah, let know, me just put the headlines up here. So this is, and by the way, Mandalorian was one of my favorite shows, and I'm kind of disappointed that they're going uh, in this direction. And this is from uh, I think it's from the Hollywood Reporter says the Mandalorian star Gina Serrano fired amid controversy, and this is a quote. Gina Serrano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be uh, in the future, Lucasfilm said in a statement. Um, you know, <laughs> so, and, and if you, uh, I, I, I'm going to try to find exactly where I saw the beep bop boop thing, but that, I read that in, a, in another thing, that it's, people really got pissed off because she put that in her, in her profile. 
What is it? I don't even know what it is. Um, I I think it's something. Let me see. Uh, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up something that's got it here. So, uh, uh, well, one of the things is people are upset because she compared what's happening now to what the Nazis did to Jews in terms of how people are getting canceled and and who's getting canceled right i mean and we know that this is she's not making it up you know uh time magazine admitted that they basically that they basically yep. companies got together and decided to start canceling people so for her to say oh. that this this comparative to that uh is is crazy um okay so so the bebop boop reference for people that don't know with internet culture and and going on twitter there's a huge thing on the left of if you don't know, this is going to get into gender, which is, mm-hmm. is a huge this. this It's a firestorm on the left. So mm-hmm. this, this is really what gets you canceled more than anything else. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are obsessed with their pronouns and being able, you know, uh, what pronoun do you identify as? So people are gender non-binary you're, mm-hmm. or binary or binary gender. You know, they talk about that. So if you take binary code into the computer, you'd use the slang beep, bop, boop, like a robot. Mm-hmm. So that would be considered offensive, and you're being offensive towards people who use their who identify with their certain pronouns. So that was crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, one, two? Yeah, one, two. So so it, I guess it's offensive because by saying uh, binary code, you're saying that there's only two genders, and that's mm-hmm. offensive to some people that may believe that there's like 96. Uh, so... That, that's that's really what got it canceled. To follow to get well, and one of the well, yeah, this. I just I just realized this. The fact that I know this stuff happens oh, is, is disappointing to myself. Talking about Betty Boop or something, or <laughs> but, but I knew it had to have been something stupid. So it it, it wasn't necessarily. So if people want to know the actual thing that she said that a, a lot of people. Let me bring it up. Um, she said, essentially, this is the tweet that everybody says that was wrong. She said, Jews were beaten in the street, not only by, uh, you know, uh, German soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children, in reference to World War II, obviously. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to, uh, to get to the point where uh, Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them for simply being Jews. How is that any different from hating somebody for their political views? So I, I don't see anything controversial with that, but they said anti-Semitic because you compared something to the Holocaust. And now you mentioned the beep boop thing, and I know that has to do with supposedly that offense offends. Yeah, I mean, let's see. I'll pull up. This is just what I'm pulling up here. Gina Serrano called out for transphobic Twitter presence, and it has a screen capture of her uh, Twitter um, front page, I guess, um, and this is uh, Gina Serrano, and then it has boop, bop, beep, okay, and that's what she had. She removed that, um, and she said, the, you know, from the things from the things I was reading, she said, you know, she didn't mean it in in like a derogatory way, because look, every every word that has meaning, people could take that meaning and assign a you know assign different meanings to it, right? So we, we kind of have this argument here all the time, but the, and, the, and for sure there's words that we all think, hey, this is a horrible word to use against people, whatever it's been for a long time. Now people are just making up stuff and they're like, oh, you can't say that. Or if people start identifying with that, which is what I think one of the things that happened here, and the, her co-star on The Mandalorian, or the star of The Mandalorian, um, what's his name again? The guy who plays The Mandalorian? Pedro Pascal. Pascal. 
um, talked her down from that thing because he said that uh, one of his uh, his brother or his sister transitioned or whatever, and that that they that they have that on their thing because they're trying to take ownership of it and it's offensive for her to do it this is all getting crazy you could you why how why can't she put this on her thing for whatever reason and assign her own reason to it would it be would it be offensive if i identify as somebody who believes in freedom in the second amendment uh, unconditionally, yes. like is that offensive? Yes, it's offensive. So, it's offensive. Yeah. I, I, so I can't identify as like an amosexual. Yeah. They think that that's mockery. I mean, it's it's exactly it's this. But this yeah. is where we're going with all of this. This is of the course. problem yeah. with all of this because these. This is not like how do you know? It seems it seems rational to me that she doesn't know what's the meaning of this thing, right? If people are taking this thing and doing this or that, it's like we do jazz hands. Think about it for a second. You know, it's just a thing that I did to, like, break the ice. Okay, we're all about to get on air here. Let's do this thing and show that, you know, we're not all that serious. But then, but the reason why some people are like, oh, why do I got to do jazz hands? Is because if you remember a few years ago, after we started doing this, there was a big meeting that all these super liberal folks had, and they weren't supposed to cheer, and they weren't supposed to clap. So if they liked something, remember, they had to do jazz hands, and it became a whole thing, and people were like, hey, what's up with that? You know, and now now it has a negative connotation. So when people complain sometimes coming on the show, like, well, why do we have to do that? I'm like, hey, we're taking it back from the terrorists, you know, or we're taking it back from the communists. Things have meanings that are fluid. <laughs> You know, and so it depends on who's using it and what what you know what they mean by that when they're saying it and if they're trying to offend you or whatever. And so now the idea that you can't put you know beep bop boop or bop beep boop or whatever you want to, uh, it, this is all craziness. But they're just well, looking for a reason to get rid of her, huh? Well, I see now what they're saying, but that's a stretch. Yeah, that's like saying applesauce. You don't like apples. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I yeah. thank you, Rolando, because I honestly had no idea. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I must be the most, I must be the most ignorant person right now. You know I, the cra- the cra- the crazy thing is, I looked it up to figure it out, but as I was looking it up, I figured it out in my head, and mm-hmm. that disturbed me. The fact that I could think. I, I I now can their warped logic. I can now I can now figure it out. And that's yeah. we're getting. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to program us, and they're trying to take everything away from us. When you well, have when you have nothing, something. they can they can make you into whatever they want you to be. Well, I also think sometimes that's the difference between, I guess you could say it's the right and the left. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, is that. I, I know how they think. I can figure it out. I can see how they're manipulated and how they are. They don't understand how we think. They can't comprehend our concept of freedom and independence. That's the difference. I know what's going on with them. I can even tell you, this is how you're going to react to this. You're going to be emotional about this. This is what they're doing to manipulate you. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I was like, no, I literally, it's like looking at the code. What mm-hmm. was it in, uh, in I, I don't want to spoil everything, but the latest season of Westworld, there's a character that doesn't know that they're a host and this person is reading the script of all of their reactions of what they're going to say because they're programmed they're an android mm-hmm. i was like it's almost the same thing with their side it's like this is what they've done they put you in this box and i know that that's what's going on with you but you can't even see our own logic so that's why we can't even sometimes have a conversation 
Yeah. They can't even comprehend it. It's like speaking a different They language. could take any... If they don't like you, they don't like Gina Serrano, they don't want to go after her just because these folks don't like her because she's a strong... Like, she's a strong woman. Not a dude who became a woman and then became strong. A woman who was born a woman still a woman but is a strong woman woman and still attractive to men even though she's a badass or whatever and mm-hmm. she says she speaks her mind i don't think she always agrees with us or whatever she talk she just says whatever she wants to say and what she believes which everyone has the right to do so they they can't take her apart on that right that's a problem you can't take her apart on that so if they're looking for a reason they'll take something like her saying hey this what's happening is is pretty similar to what the the nazis did to the jews what's the lie in that what's offensive about that this is exactly what happened right this is exactly how they dismantled uh the the the, uh jewish people right in 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 germany this is exactly what they did what they're doing to us now they're even admitting it you know when you have time magazine come out and admit it this is what we're talking about here so that wasn't enough they're like hey you we've got to hit her with at least two things we can't just go this one thing because most people are going to look at that and say you know so they came up with this stupid thing that makes no damn sense because she put this thing on there and that and and someone claims it's offensive how can you argue that (laughs) Well, and this is why I think the only way that we can work peacefully is by voting with our pocketbook. And if you're opposed to uh, and and look, see, Mm -hmm. they say, see, they love to say on Twitter. Well, if you cancel Disney Plus, which I did, I was like, I did, you know, because I was like, I hate it. I'm going to lose out on some content that I enjoy. It sucks. I'm going to I'm going to go home and cancel that thing. Yeah, this is the (laughs) only way. This is the only peaceful way that we can do anything about it and let them know about it. Now, some people might say, well, that's virtue signaling just like the left does. Or that's cancel culture. No, it's different because I don't believe that Disney needs to be destroyed. I just don't need to invest in their product right. so that they don't push an agenda that I don't agree with. Sure. That's totally different than me saying, well, Disney's evil, so their business should be burned to the ground. That's cancel culture. So it's where you want to destroy here's... somebody's ability to even participate in the economy. That's really what cancel culture yeah. is. Also, so I would like different. to take I would like to take my money from Disney and give it to whatever Gina Serrano does next. Because exactly. I, w- I want to see examples of real strong women in the world. What's wrong with that? Uh, they, these guys are going to take my money and force examples of human beings on me that I don't agree with. That's fine, right? I ignore it. But when you take things that I do agree with and I do identify with and you're like, yeah, we don't want this. We're not going to allow this. Then I have the right to say, I don't want to funnel my money in your direction. I'm going to take it and put it in a different direction. It's not the end of the world. She's not done for. I'm sure there's lots of people that understand that she has star power and would be willing to employ her or she could just do her own thing and we could just support her and give her the money directly instead of going through uh, folks like Disney. But there's going to be more of this, right? I mean, ultimately, yeah, we can't cancel everything because then we'll just, you know, we'll have nothing going on, man, because all of these guys are against us. That's why we have to invest in companies that have the stance that we believe in. Uh, I think that we've gotten too far from believing in brands rather than what the brands actually stand for. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you know, put your money where your mouth is, invest in companies and people that believe in your ideals and that support what you want. It's like investing in gun companies that don't uh, that don't try to lobby for pro-gun legislation. It's pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so don't focus on those companies, invest in other companies that actually put uh, care about, you know, your rights and, and what we believe in. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know if someone has had a point on this that they didn't get out. Uh, Austin. 
Oh, and I, I just, I mean, I, I believe highly in that. Uh, I mean, that's me and, and the other, uh, people really closely involved in Alice arms. That's like been our, our whole, whole point is, you know, we don't even, you know, maybe this is sacrilege or whatever, <laughs> like a lot of stuff we, we say, but we don't really believe in electrical, sorry, electoral democracy. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what is that? You're going to put, you're going to put a, a piece of paper in a ballot box and think you've done your civic duty. No, mm-hmm. the real democracy is the open market. That's what it is. You vote with your dollars and that is, you know, you had to pay for that vote. You paid with it with your own personal wealth, your value, your time. That's democracy. And uh, and that's how you vote. That's how you get done uh, stuff done in the world. Um, you know, democracy, government, the state, whatever, like it pretends to control things. But at the end of the day, like this world moves on the power of the market. And uh that's how you seize the power. The power you have as an individual comes from your economic value, and that's how you change the world. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree entirely. I'm happy to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trey, did you want to um, – I know you didn't didn't know a lot about this. Uh, you know, I know Rolando and I got a little excited, so I'm making sure. I've talking about economic power mm-hmm. amongst uh, gun toters for years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what do these guys do? We go out and we do. No, no, I'm not going to use Disney or these guys. We go out and we go to this company, and they're. Why can't they just sell their product and keep their political views out of it? But we'll just. They don't anyways. But here we are buying all their stuff when we can go somewhere else and buy it. And either a, they're neutral, or b, they're more in our line with what we think. And what do those other people do? They take our money, and they put it towards their politician that they want in place. They do their voting. They change the district. They push their judge, and then we're all sitting here going. Well, that ain't fair. Who cares? They got us. Mm-hmm. We need to go use, utilize our money. Utilize mm-hmm. it in a way that helps support us. Mm-hmm. We need to take time to know that if you're on a Republican ticket or a more of a gun-gun type ticket, is the guy really gun savvy? Or is he playing you? Mm-hmm. I've already found two companies that say, we're gun companies and we're we're charities. They're LLCs. And we honest, honestly, I think that they're actually... Uh, other groups posing as these gun uh, organizations taking money and who knows what they're doing with it. They, they're probably using it against us as a gun company. Mm-hmm. And so take the time to do the research before you hand out money. Now, GOA, no, no brainer. That's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, FPC, no brainer. That's easy. But these other companies like local Florida guns or whatever you want to call them, who are they? Where's the money going? What are they doing with it? Are they, taking it and they're putting it into somebody else's pocket we don't agree with are they putting towards negative gun legislation Mm -hmm. we don't know that and here we are giving them money because we think we're taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. really we're just we're shooting with our right hand or our left hand which am i going to do it with Mm -hmm. we need to we need to make sure when we're donating and taking care of ourselves that we know where the money's going and it is important Mm -hmm. because i here in lake county republican county right everybody's republican no you're not we know you're not. You're you're a Democrat, but you know you can't run as a Democrat because you'll not make it. So you run as a Republican, but you're really a Democrat. And no one took the time to see that. They just checked the box because, oh, they're Republican. Yeah. And that that is a big problem. Do the mm-hmm. time. Money money's power. Even even my twenty bucks that I got, you know, I can control food. I don't like McDonald's. I don't want to go somewhere nicer. 
and more people start to see me go there and more people start going and do business, I can put a hurting on that McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, hey, what's going on? Well, I eat healthy now. I don't eat that crap. I can make a change. Why? Because they're losing revenue. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's about revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We are our own. We, we First of all, we are our own ecosystem, right? There is an ecosystem around the firearms world. Oh, yeah. uh, we don't have a lot of control over it, and we probably don't take control of it as much as we should. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and we need to be more vocal because how many of these, like, let's take, uh, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson show or anything like that. How many times do you hear, like, they're going to cancel his sponsors? Well, that's because people from the other side that are opposed to him call the sponsors and try to get it canceled. Why, if you support him, aren't you calling the sponsors and say, I want you to keep sponsoring his show? Mm-hmm. I agree with it. I think he's awesome. We have mm-hmm. to do the same thing. And I think sometimes conservatives are too conservative about things. They, they, well, yeah. man, I'm just following the rules. I just, I, I don't want to bother anybody. As yeah, long as yeah. you don't bother me, mm-hmm. I'm cool, man. It's like, well, now they're bothering you. So you got to do something about it. You know, they're, they're poking you. You can't just sit there and take it. You got to be like, whoa, man, you, you slow your roll here. I'm not going to take that garbage. Mm-hmm. And so we have to do the same thing. If you, I hate to say it, you got to whine like they do sometimes. It doesn't mean that you're going to be obnoxious and yell in the streets, but if a company's doing something that you don't like for no reason, you're like, wait a second, you're selling a product and you're marketing it to us and you're letting people that clearly don't buy your product dictate and to, and to take down your 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 product or your brand, that's total BS. You know, how many brands have we seen co-opted that you're like, or movies or video games, I'm sure Austin, I, I, know, I know you're into games, clearly have we seen that where it's like, do you even, are you even the demographic that buys this stuff? and you're complaining about it. Like you're not even in the market that matters for this. You know, you even see it with cars, like people complaining about muscle cars. It's like, do you buy and drive muscle cars, Mr. Toyota Camry over there? No, (laughs) then shut up. Like who cares? You don't have to buy that product. Why do you have to complain that I'm buying it? That's not my, that's your problem. So we play the same game Mm -hmm. and you know, we, we have to do it because you know, silence is, is basically, they see it as uh that's weakness. It. You agree with it. If you're yeah. not complaining, then that means that you're totally okay right. oh, yeah. with how it's going. It yeah. sucks, but that's the way it is. The gun industry is weird because you take ten guy, all gun, ten guys, ten gun guys, put them all together. Every one of them is different, yep. and every one of them is willing to burn the other nine guys. <laughs> Easy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Yep, burn them. You know, we talked about this before. It's like crabs in a barrel, unfortunately. We we would be more powerful if we weren't like that, but unfortunately well, look, it, that's how like, we do it. It's like every it's like every fan culture sometimes, even though obviously we're dealing with fundamental rights, so it's a little bit different. But when it gets down to guns, it's like cars, it's like video games, it's like women with clothing brands or things like that. People get into their tribes and they're gonna fight each other over the most stupid things when it's like Hunters, you know, the, the eternal battle between the 2A absolutists and the hunting crowds or the FUDs. And it's like, this is so dumb. Like, we shouldn't yeah. even be fighting about this. It's so stupid. And we do, and we kill each other. Yeah. And then they fight and conquer. They put us there. Yeah. yeah it's, and, and we fall into it every time because we want the conflict. We love drama. That's the problem. Just as an instru- one of the instructors at the range, I'm not going to say who, he's a good instructor, but he, 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 he knocked a guy with a high point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he can't, yeah. talking shit. And I, later on, I see him. I said, hey, man, what are you doing? He goes, what do you mean? Like, I that guy's not going to come back. He might not even shoot anymore. Mm-hmm. And what if he's a single father and all he's got $120? Mm-hmm. At least he's got a way to protect himself. Mm-hmm. You need to encourage him. Now, maybe he sees it fails, it doesn't operate correctly or whatever. 
Then he goes, okay. He's learning. Safe. He's learning. Yep. The gun didn't work. You should honestly think about either A, cleaning it, B, sending it back, or C, finding an alternative. But if the gun works, who cares what he carries? He likes it. He bought it. End of subject. Mm -hmm. and, but I see it all the time. I see it all instructors. Got to get this gun. Got to get that. Now, they can impart their knowledge, but not everybody's the size of Hank or the size of Rolando mm -hmm. or is my size. They got to get what fits their needs. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I might have a, a medium-sized car where Hank has a van for the apocalypse. So, mm -hmm. but it fits my needs. Yeah, the guns are the same way. They're tools. I'm I'm the weapon. The guns a tool. Sorry. Yeah, so and like that. Yeah, Austin. I know you want to jump in here. Go for it. Oh man, I I don't know. There's there's so many places. Like yeah. it's a it's a fun conversation. Like, it is. The points come and go. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'll say this. Um, hey, look. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm no leftist, right? But uh, I think I think the uh, you know my politics are, are a little bit different. I wouldn't identify as as a Republican necessarily. I think it's not too hard to see my uh, anti-authoritarian libertarian streak, you know. But um, but look, the like the gun the the gun culture is starting to like really diversify, and you know, like I'm I'm really hooked up with a lot of those like pr 3D printed gun guys. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous, like the the quantity of like like transsexual people that are that are in that community, you yeah. know. And like, I think all that's ridiculous, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, you know, whatever. I'll call you whatever name you want to be called. If you want to be called Sally, and, and you mm -hmm. have male genitals, then then I'll call you by your name. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I think it's kind of silly. But you know, like, they're into it. And uh, like you say, like divide and conquer, like we need to welcome these people in. They're not leftists either. You mm -hmm. know, the the left might say they're all about these people. They're all about, you know, empowering trans people and all this. But look, I mean, they're they're coming to us to talk about guns and to get into guns. They're not hanging out in those in those, you know, leftist spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's really, really cool to see that. And yeah. um you know, that's that's something to be aware of. And those those people are not they are not the enemy that I think mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of the older gun crowd uh, thinks that they might be. Um, well, we're definitely and, uh, missing an opportunity if there's folks who want to come to us and find out about what we're doing and we don't want to do it. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, I personally don't have any problems with people being who they want to be. It's fine. It's all good. You know, um, that's fine by me. I, I think that the Second Amendment isn't a political thing, right? Uh, and if you really want to empower a human being, um, help them, promote to them, teach them, give them the ability for them to defend themselves, right? Wh whatever it is that, that you think it is. So, um, yeah, that's that's the way that I feel about it. But we are being made into like, oh, this person's my enemy or whatever. And sometimes th yeah. those folks on that side are doing the same thing because someone's saying this. They think they're the enemy because they're saying this. I go through that all the time where I run into folks who think I'm the enemy because I. Like, if you say you're a Second Amendment guy, they think, oh, well, then, you know, you're my enemy because you, you probably hate me. Oh, why? Why do I hate you? I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. Know us. But what yeah. we see a lot of times is go to a range, Rolando, and don't look like a gun guy. And look yeah. how they shoot you. I go to range plain clothes. I'm like, look, I'm like, hey, I was interested in learning how to shoot and looking at the range. And they're, they're dicks, not to say it any better than that. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you walk in there, you walk right out. 
Mm-hmm. And so what did they lose? They lost. That's the next guy that would have voted yes or no mm-hmm. on a gun movement or uh, an anti-gun thing. And I see I've, this all the time. Yeah. We are, yeah. are the other way around. Hank, you know, because mm-hmm. you deal. Mm-hmm. We are the other way around. Come here. How you doing? I walk over. I'm like a waiter. And I do look at it like a waiter. Walk over. Sir, how can I help you today? Guy's just sitting there in his car. Just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Sir, how can I help you today? I just want to check the range out. Well, why don't mm-hmm. you hop out? And I'll take you for a walk. You can mm-hmm. look at some different stuff. You got any hair protection? Nope. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Now you got a set of hair protection. Got a little foamy. Sticks them in his mm-hmm. ear. Got sunglasses. Perfect. Let's go for a walk. I'm the owner. Walk around. Yeah. Uh, this, this, and this. This is how we do this and this. He goes, oh, man, that's awesome. I go, do you shoot or you never shot before? Well, I was wanting to buy a gun still carry. You take a concealed weapons class. I have not. We have a list of instructors. Pick okay, perfect. And then we just go from there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Interaction, interaction, interaction. I talked to him. I was polite. I'm not like, you're a jackass. You don't know shit. Hit the road. <laughs> they do. They yeah. do it. And they're just like that. And they're rude and disrespectful. And then we wonder why we have the word, the term FUD, or we have yeah. what we can't get people to come shoot. Why? Because they're jerks. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go there and shoot. And, I, and I'm and i a shooter. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then when I go and get my, my pistol and come out and I'm blowing them all away, they're like, oh, you can shoot. Yeah, of course I can shoot. Don't you feel like a jackass now? You were rude to me. Mm-hmm. But they don't change. Yeah. Go ahead, Austin. I don't, I don't. Oh no, th- that's fine. I mean, I, I'm really, really glad that, that that you view it that way. Viewing it as as a waiter, as a service, like that's I think that's the way to go. But mm-hmm. it, it is funny because you know I've, I, I, you know, liking liking interesting guns, gun technology, uh, and uh, my fiance is is much the same. So we'll we'll go into gun stores and and look at guns that are interesting. And not necessarily, you know, the the, the most common, right? Mm-hmm. And me, an expert with ballistics, who's you know making new kinds of ammo, and you know, the, I'll have the 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 clerk there at the table be like, oh no, you don't want that. You want this other thing. Well, <laughs> and it just makes me want to pull out that like Ron Swanson, you know, mm-hmm. like I know more than you, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I don't look like a typical gun guy when I go into a gun store, and I, I, I definitely get that. So yeah, absolutely. Listen, yeah. we've run into the nine o'clock hour, which is awesome and amazing. Um, I think we had a great conversation here. I know some folks out mm-hmm. there probably didn't catch the whole thing. Uh, this will be on YouTube. You guys can come back to it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around here and get everyone to tell you guys how you can, um, you can follow them, support them, etc. I'm going to start with Rolando. How can the folks out there, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, uh, Minds, and obviously YouTube. I'm Puerto Rican Pistolero. My wife is Latina Locked N with the letter N loaded. And together we're the Locked and Loaded Latinos. We have a YouTube podcast and uh, live stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, this week, uh, like I said, she's going to be an ambassador academy, so uh, she may actually be the guest of the show today. And I told her if you can grab like Diana Maj or any of those people, like uh, just do it, and we'll bring them on the show. Whoever you can get, awesome. Uh, so it might be fun. Uh, so you can find us there. Awesome, great. Uh, uh, 
let me go to Trey. Uh, Trey, uh, what can the folks do out there to get in touch with you or to support your efforts? I know you have Aries Training Facility. There we go. Here's all the things. Yeah. All right. All right. Aries Training Facility. I am not as cool as Rolando. I do not have all that sexy stuff. And uh, he, does out, he does put out a pretty good podcast. So you guys Thank are missing you. out if you're not seeing it. Yes. But uh, contact me there or 352 or 352-321. 8102. I'm at Aries Training Facility or Aries Farms Training. I'm in Leesburg. Uh, if you like long distance or like actually learn how to shoot instead of just static shooting pieces of paper, come out. We have uh, a plethora of instructors. Um, we'll help you out. We'll work with you. We're always building. We have fun. Um, you know, just have a, come out and have a good experience. And uh, like it's been a while since I've been on the show because I've been building and working, but uh, you know. Come out yeah. and do some shooting. That's what it's all about. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, soon out there. Uh, right. Now let's go to Austin of Atlas Arms. Uh, how can the folks out there uh, support, yeah. follow you, find out more about what we were talking about today? So uh, you can you can go to our website. That's that's the first place I'd have you go, atlasarms.org. Not .com, but .org, because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, check out that. That'll tell you about our company, about us personally, uh, and the projects we're working on. You can read all about it there. Um, we do have an active crowdfunding. We've met our goal, but we're still uh, we're we're given donation favors, and we're still accepting donations. However, you got to donate Bitcoin on our website uh, because our uh, friends at um, GunDynamics.com, which was our fundraise uh, crowdfunding site. Um, had their payment processor kick them off, but ain't that how stuff uh, is done in the firearms yeah, industry man. these days? So I got yeah, two they don't kick. So I'll talk, tell you after the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, check us out there, and then you can find if you're interested in me personally for whatever reason, um, then uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Sword for Gideon. Sword for Gideon on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks so much cool. for you to you for so coming great. on, Austin. Uh, I, I hope you Thank keep... Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Please keep up with fun. us. We would like to see this when, when you put things out or when developments happen. Um, and I would invite you to come down and do it with me or we'll go to Aries and we'll do... When, when you actually release this, let's uh, let's put some practical cool. videos out there yeah, for the folks to take a look at. Grab an MP5 and just roll them and we'll just <laughs> put an armor and we'll just put right through it. I think that... Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. We have some fun with it. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. And you as a trainer, I mean, like, uh, we, we'd love to, 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 to get your thoughts on it and see how, you you know, maybe it, like, uh, we want it to be used as practically as possible, so. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Aries, as well as Aries Training Facility, Trey, as well as Rolando of uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero. Uh, uh, what is it? Latinos locked and loaded? Locked and loaded locked, Latinos. Locked and loaded Latinos. Yeah, that's, I, I knew it as soon as I said it. All right, guys, I'm going to go to the end, and then we'll come back and have the final word. Let's run the end in right now. Thanks for watching, guys. Please make sure you subscribe here to the channel. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Smash those thumbs ups. Leave your comments. We're going to rip out the audio from this and put it up on iTunes and all the other places that you listen to your audio podcasts. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, okay. Austin, give us the final words here. Oh, man, I, I didn't have anything ready. But I, I suppose, like, um, you know, check us out. We're, we know we're not we're not typical. Uh, we know this is uh, taking a while. That's that's people's biggest complaint. And, uh, you know, we want to be as, as transparent as possible. Um, it's coming along. It's going to be great. 
uh, bear with us. And uh, I hope that um, I hope that we can kind of connect on on some of the the more unorthodox stuff we're doing. Uh, we're not we're not doing that the usual way, and uh, and we hope that uh, that the people see why. Absolutely, thank you so much. We're out of here, guys. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my own podcast uh, of car stuff over on Stranger Palooza at nine thirty. So if if you're interested in car stuff, join us over there. It should be more of a fiasco than this. I promise you. <laughs> We're out of here. Peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>